Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Logan Bailey. Welcome to the NW Sports Podcast Football Edition, brought to you by our primary sponsor, Three Chord. I'm your host, Logan Bailey, and joined today by Keith Brown, Tony Fairchild, and AJ Fairchild. So uh, another week, and uh, thanks for joining me, guys. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. Glad to be here. Always. Yeah. Uh, week six, uh, we have officially crossed the halfway point of the 2022 regular season. So uh, it's hard to believe. Wow. It's hard to believe. I feel like each week it's just uh, gets more impressive with the games that we've seen and the, the athletic performances that these players have had. And, uh, and the weather. I mean, if for me, the weather. I mean, was, right. We were still on top of the press box, yeah, and it's, it's beautiful out. Great. <laughs> Only by this time of year, it's starting to get cold. And the weather's kind of dicey on Friday nights, and it's pretty nice. Weather. Well, this weekend looking a little different. It's yeah. like high 63, so it's getting a little chilly up there, but. Uh, it's still going to be great football weather. But if you ask me, though, like if, if you can have the weather in the 60s, that's perfect football. Yeah, like absolutely. For a player, for a fan, yep. if you're a fan, you get to throw on a sweatshirt, just sit yep. there nice that's and comfy. Yeah, if, if you're a player, you don't have to worry about cramping <laughs> or just being exhausted yep. from the heat. So I know when I played, I always loved to play when it was about 50, 60 yep. degrees. That was yep. a nice temperature. So. Yeah, I always joke around when it gets about this temperature. The kids come to the sideline, they pull their helmets off, and the steam just rolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Anyways, let's go ahead. We'll take a look at how we did for last week's picks. And uh, we have a new uh, leader that won last week, and that was Tony. And he went 16-4 and four, uh, with uh, with his record last week. But yeah, look out, boys. <laughs> Tony, do you have any uh, words of advice? I'll give you a little spotlight since, uh, <laughs> since you won last week's picks. Yeah, you know, I'm getting a lot of love from the Delta fans, but uh, and they came through for me this past week. So I'm pretty pumped about that one. I got a, got, got a couple there that – um, picked Ayersville and Ayersville came through big. Other than that, I don't have any secrets. Just literally <laughs> luck of the draw, man. I hear you, but I don't Keith, do I don't do I don't do the studying like Keith does. Yeah, I know, but but it must be working for Keith because uh, Keith continues to lead on the year. He's seventy nine and twenty two, good for a seventy eight percent picking percentage. Uh, AJ's in second. Uh, third place is Tony. Fourth is myself, and fifth is Bryce. So, uh, Keith, I tell you what, man. I don't know how you do it, but uh, you continue to stay strong at number one. <laughs> yes, the, trying to take it all the way to the end. Uh, one good thing for me personally is at least the, some of the picks that I did miss. Uh, <clears throat> was a majority miss by most of us other than yep. uh, Coach Fairchild. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, uh, hopefully hopefully I can stay strong this week, uh, week six. All right. Well, that kind of concludes our uh, picks for last week. So let's go ahead and look at the week five game recaps. And boy, uh, were there a lot of close games and a lot of good games last week. So let's go ahead. We'll start with the week five NWS sports game of the week. And that was Archbold at Liberty Center. Liberty Center ended up being victorious 16 to nothing. And uh, Archbold's 24 game regular season win streak was has finally ended, which that's that's impressive if you ask me. Um, it was the first shutout against Archbold since 2016 in a loss to Wauseon that was uh, they lost that game seven to nothing. Um, but thoughts on this game, guys? I tell you, I tell you we turned it up. We had, yeah, we had we the were, computer on. We were watching. We were it as peeking we were in on when we could during our broadcast. And, uh, it was kind of froze and uh, re- refreshed the screen, and then when it popped up, it said two to nothing. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> so we had to kind of back it up to see what happened there. And, and uh, but yeah, it was kind of kind of weird to see the goose egg just stay on Archbold's side. I thought for sure they would score eventually, but, um, you know, we knew Liberty Center's defense was tough. 
And that's something we see year in and year out, especially the last three years where Archibald's won the NWAL every year and they've blown everyone out. And it's just kind of odd to see Archibald lose a game finally. But, uh, I mean, talk about Liberty Center's defense. Uh, I thought this was interesting. They held Archibald to 129 yards of total offense with only six rushing yards. That stat right there, Logan, is just hard to believe when you have a running game like Archibald has. And you see they had six yards rushing. Yeah, when you guys talked about Dominic – hold him to six yards yeah (laughs) well i think i looked at it It, he actually had i think like 20 something yards but because uh the the quarterback the sacks and stuff they added up but still to hold dominic to 20 something yards it still goes to your point i mean especially a quality of athlete like him and we've seen you uh week in and week out just the performances that he's put together at running back i thought that was very surprising but i think on the flip side again that goes huge shout out to liberty center but with some of the teams that they've played this year, you look at Otsego, they had, a, mm-hmm. I believe, a shutout against Otsego, too. Yep. Um, their defense is just phenomenal this year, and uh, especially against the teams that they've played. Yes, I think, like you just said, I think they've had three shutouts in six games. So uh, the shutdown, uh, just, just to reiterate, <laughs> shutdown Archibald's running game um, just solidifies how really, really dominant that the LC defense is this year. Yeah, I agree. And then looking on uh, Liberty Center's offense, looking at Matthew Orr, I mean, he was a workhorse again, and he's another back in the WOL that continues to to be be that workhorse. He had 19 carries for 98 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. But another big factor I was looking at, uh, kind of researching the facts, um, and we've talked it, I know, about many times on the Tenor Rams lives broadcast were uh, the third down conversion rates. And you look and you go back, and Archibald was 2 of 13 on third downs. Uh, that was 15.4%. And you look at Liberty Center, on the other hand, they were 6 of 15, so 40%. So mm-hmm. they they doubled that conversion rate. And, uh, I mean, those third downs are huge, especially uh, yeah. in, in big games like that. Yep. Yeah, I just saw that saw that stat there. I was like, wow, uh, no wonder uh, Liberty Center was able to do what they did. I mean, uh, keeping, Archibald, keeping Archibald off the field. I mean, that's basically what yeah. you're saying right there with that stat. You're keeping Archibald's offense off the field, yep. not getting any first downs. No, no. And there's – you know, on the opposition side, you're dejected. You're like, my gosh, we just can't stop them on third down. Right. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, we, we were watching that game at um, while we were doing the Tenor Rams live broadcast. And uh, talk about a packed crowd, though, too. And I was telling the guys I saw that they, they opened up parking in another field on the, the property of the school. And they were also... With the week before, we joked around them shuttling right. shuttling people yes. down, and they legitimately <laughs> shuttle people down yep. from a American Freedom store down the road. And really, uh, yes. yeah, we talked yep. about shuttling from the track. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, but but it was still, I mean, close enough. They're, wow. they're shuttling people down and parking at a, a location off site. So uh, I thought that was impressive too. But knew it would be crazy. I mean, yeah, knew it would be. I would have loved to be there and see the crowd, but. Uh, Again, I mean, it was a pretty good game, and uh, Liberty Center ended up uh, being victorious. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next game here. Uh, big game in the GMC, and uh, it was Ayersville at Edgerton. Ayersville came away with the win, 42-22. to And uh, all I can say is we need to start give, talking about Ayersville and uh, being a contender for the GMC title, guys. Uh, that man right there <laughs> said last week, need to start talking about Ayersville. Uh <laughs> <laughs> kind of laying in the weeds mm-hmm. yeah. and making a run for the GMC title. We'll see what happens. And yeah. Coach Fairchild, take it away. Hey, well, I mean, it was just it was just kind of like you looked at it like we talked, and you know they they lost on a on you know on a 
one play to Delta. Yep. You, you know, if you if you take away that loss, you're looking at them and they were they were undefeated, undefeated. And, yep. and you know they'd been doing their job and taking care of business. And and Burner had been having good runs and you know had good good games. And you know, and we talked about Harrisville knocked off Edgerton and Tenora knocked off Antwerp. You'd be sitting here looking at four teams at four and one, and that almost happened. I mean, it almost happened. I mean, Harrisville took care of their took care of their job, and um, Tenora almost did theirs. But I tell you what. From what I'm hearing and seeing out of Ayersville, um, yeah, I mean they 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 probably should be five and zero, oh and and um, it sounded like you know other than a there was a kickoff return, um, yep. decided to start the third quarter. I, I mean Ayersville took care of business over there. It sounded like that's yeah, kind of defensively for Ayersville. You have to give uh, Coach Mickey credit as well. I mean you head into this game, you kind of cut the head off the snake, really. You know Corey Everett's. <laughs> Kind of controls the uh, bulldog offense, and probably his worst game he's had so far this year, if if not in the last yeah. couple of years. Honestly, I mean, I was going to add two looking Keith, at the numbers. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I was going to say they shut down Corey Everett's of Edgerton to uh, he was thirteen of twenty two passing, one hundred nineteen passing yards with one passing TD, and uh, he threw an interception, which I believe may be his first one of the year. I believe that is his first one, but uh, and sixty one rushing yards, and uh, kudos to uh, the Airfield defense. I mean, to yeah, shut shut absolutely. down a player like Everett's and. Uh, quality athlete and go ahead keith no no and, and just to elaborate a little bit more and to go into edgerton yes and a crowd this size obviously it wasn't one of the bigger ones like the, the the previous game we were talking about but sure still uh had it been just a fantastic crowd over there the home crowd at edgerton and like i've just elaborated a million times one of the greatest venues in the area to play at just had to been uh Ayersville just came in there, knocked on the door, and basically kicked the door in, it looks like, on uh, the Edgerton Bulldogs doghouse there. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the most intimidating places to walk into as an yeah, opposing absolutely. team. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Last week, I I kind of agree with you there, uh, saying they're kind of a sleeper this year. They've been kind of laying in the grass. I've I've been keeping an eye on them here. They, they've only lost that one, like one play to Delta, and that I was kind of like, yep. They could be one of those teams that does some damage. I didn't know how they would end up. I knew they would end up knocking somebody off in the GMC, but I didn't realize how, you know, they would put up 40-some points against Edgerton while holding them to only 22. I, that changes things a lot, from my opinion, on air. So uh, I, I think they've got a good shot at being one of the top contenders for it now going forward. Yeah, and I mean, you guys all made really good points, but I think one for Ayersville, too, is we talked about their defense, but look at their offense with uh, Blake yeah. Houndstein. Um, really stepped up for the Pilots this week, uh, didn't commit any turnovers, and that was a big question going into this game is if he could handle the ball and, and not have any turnovers. But when you go into the game as a quarterback, you're throwing, he was 10 of 13 passing, 124 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. He threw no interceptions. But he also had 20 carries, 121 rushing yards, and two rushing TDs. And uh, and you put up a performance like that, um, I would say most of the time you're going to win the game, uh, especially yeah. on the offensive side. Yes. So. I'd say Coach Mickey going into the the offseason and into the season with the graduation of Jacob Trevino, you're kind of like, uh, what's the transition period going to be? And, and Hanstein is pretty much, you know, went right in line where Trevino was. You haven't missed a beat. So uh, that's kind of – it's – Pretty, really, almost unstoppable offense there. Who do you key on, Hanstein or Burner? I mean, yeah. So, 
Coach that, Mickey has a pilot that's playing very well. Definitely. And Burner had another good game. I mean, yep. he, he contributed 85 rushing yards on 20 carries, two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. So, I mean, he continues to play good. I mean, he only had, I think week one, we didn't really see much of him. But since right. then, right. I mean, yep. he's been getting the ball and he's uh, he's been carrying it for uh, quite a few yards. So, uh, I've been impressed with both of those two guys as of late. And, and again, I think going forward, it's really going to depend on their quarterback play and if, if he can continue to control the ball and not cause turnovers. I mean, if that's the case, then I think Ayersville wins a lot of ball games to end the year. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I mean, not writing off this week yet, but um, next week there's going to be a big one. Um, you know, Arizona and Sonora will be another big game next week. <laughs> kind of looking river, forward. River rivalry. Band, yep. Yeah, that's uh, the River Rivalry. And after the week a, after, they play Antwerp. So, yeah. that's so they, I mean, they've got a tough schedule ahead of them. And, um, but I, I just tell you what, um, the Ayersville seems to be the real deal, and Coach Mickey's got them, got them working. So, um, and, and honestly, you, you mentioned it. Tony too, and I know it's a couple weeks away, but I think this could be one of the better, more competitive games between Tenora and Ayersville that we've seen in a while. Because the last the last few years, it's been all Tenora. There's been no questions about it. But this year, I think uh, both teams have a pretty equal shot from what we've seen to this point in the right. season. So uh, I, I'm I'm excited for that one, especially being a rivalry game. <laughs> yeah, you can always throw the records out the window when that yeah. anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, going forward, it's one of those things that if Tenora can beat Ayersville. Ayersville's got a pretty good shot at beating Antwerp. And then you've got a three-way tie for the – well, four-way tie, depending on how the rest of the season goes for the GMC. So it's like GMC still completely up in the air. I know even though Antwerp beat Tenora, things can still change drastically over the next couple of weeks here. I mean, yeah, you look at the front runners now as Ayersville and – Antwerp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were talking yeah. Antwerp and Edgerton yeah, Antwerp all, and Edgerton. all season. Yep. Yeah. We were talking Antwerp and Edgerton. And then when Sonora started doing well, they were like, yep. oh, hey, don't forget about Sonora. And then here was Ayersville just kind of like, ah, I'll just wait my turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move to the next game, guys. And uh, we already started talking about them a little bit, but it was Brian at Delta. And Delta came away with a win that game, uh, 28 to 12. And uh, we've been talking about how Brian's been a good team all year. But I think after this game, did. Delta deserves some more respect for their for their team. Uh, four and one on the year now, and I think they genuinely have a chance against uh, Archibald this week. I think in years past, um, you can call me crazy, but in years past, there's no chance at all Delta would be in a game. But I'm not saying that Delta necessarily wins against Archibald, but I say uh, they at least make it competitive for for Archibald, and they're not going to let Archibald just w- walk away with an easy win. <laughs> Uh, so thoughts on this game from last week uh, regarding Brian and Delta. As as we were given our scores during our broadcast, you kept refreshing. You kept seeing Delta leading, refresh, Delta's leading. What's going on over there? Um, honestly, Delta is probably one of the more surprising teams in the area. And one of the notes I took down that was the first time in six years that Delta has actually defeated Brian. So, wow. Yes. That's pretty impressive. I mean, in we look at that game again, and Delta continues to run the rock very well. Um, running back Jeremiah Wolford, um, I know you've you've praised him a lot this year, <laughs> Tony. Um, he's continued to produce week in and week out, and uh, I mean, like the Carson Dominics and the Matthew Ors of the NWAL, I think he deserves to be up there at the top yeah. for the running backs. I mean, he just continues to get it, and when his name's called, he does his job, and he does it well, and uh, I, I was really impressed with him. Um, but Brian, on the other hand, I feel like still has a bright season ahead of them. Um, I, you know, game games, 50% of the teams win, 50% lose. Right. Uh, may just not have been Brian's night, but um, we've seen them compete. I mean, they put up some points against a very good Van Wert team, and we know how good Van Wert is. And uh, 
I, I think Brian still, uh, I think they'll probably make playoffs saying it now. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious about this Delta team now after this Brian win. Kind of uh, looking at their schedule going forward. And unfortunately for Brian, they play Patrick Henry and then Liberty center. So Patrick Henry, I, you know, that might be kind of a toss up game a little bit, um, but Liberty center, I think they're going to kind of walk in there and get smacked around a little bit. I'd tell you a game right now that I'm really eyeballing. Now that Delta's beat Brian, I really want to see a Delta Patrick Henry matchup. I think yeah. that, I think that'd be an interesting yes. matchup, you yeah, know, because yeah. I think I think Wasion, we've seen them struggle in the NWL a little bit here and there. I think you at one right now you have Liberty Center. Two, I feel like kind of Archbold talking NWL wise. Three, I think you right there you have Delta and Patrick Henry. I think with with the way things are going, so. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for that matchup coming up soon. So let's go ahead. Let's look at the next game. Uh, this is a, another great uh, Green Meadows Conference game that we were at. Uh, Antwerp was at Tenora, and Antwerp came away with that one 20 to 14. Uh, who wants to start on this one? <laughs> Talk about a nail biter, man. Coming down to the last 16 seconds to make that the, the decision on who wins that game. Uh, and we're coming away with that last minute, you know, what, three minutes left in the game? Yeah, Comes away with a touchdown. Yep. Yeah, and then ends up having the the PAT blocked. So it's like, oh, what what can happen now? You know? You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, <kidding>. it was. <laughs> uh, so uh, Coach Krause and the Rams, three and a half minutes or whatever it was, two timeouts, and marched the ball down the field slowly but surely. Had 16 seconds left, the 15-yard line. And, fourth down. Yeah, fourth <laughs> yeah. down, 15-yard line, and just – couldn't get it in the end zone, unfortunately. But, man, what a game. That was an exciting one all the way around. Yeah, the way it started, you know, Antwerp just marched right down the field. The opening kickoff went, and I just remember we kind of yeah. looked at each other like, uh, kind of took a breath like, uh-oh, right. this may yeah. not be good. Scored um, quick. Yeah. And then, you know, it. I mean, it was kind of the whole first half, I think, kind of went that way. And, and um, I mean, we kind of held Antwerp from scoring, and they scored again. But, um but boy, the second half was an entirely different ball game. Yeah, Tenora came, came out with their ball, yep. marched right down the field and scored, and then they got they forced the, f- the fumble. Yep, um, and then went right back in and scored again. Um, you know, you were, then we're all kind of looking at each other like, "What happened?" Right? I mean, it was, um, it was like AJ said, great game. Tenora came down to the stretch there. Um, you know that Eckert got hurt. They put. Um, Graziani. Graziani. Graziani, there was the saying Dominic, but <laughs> Dominic Graziani um, put him in the game, and and uh, he made a nice pass over the middle there to get him a first down there, um, and kept him in there. And um, you know that everybody that I talked to about the game, you know, there was there's probably an option, but to put Eckert back in there, but Kraus stayed with Dominic and and uh, left Graziani in there, and um, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know what their thoughts are going forward, but uh, Eckert looked like he was okay to us on the sideline. Maybe he could have went back in, but um, that's where Coach Carlos went with it, and, and uh, I don't think it hurt him in any way as far as being able to score. Yeah, and I think after seeing Antwerp in person, again, Carson Ultimus continues to impress. I mean, there's a lot of talent on that team, and I, some guys that really stood out, Carson Ultimus, obviously, but yep. uh, I really like their running back and linebacker, Reed Leachty. Mm-hmm. Um, 
though he, I mean, his stats may not pop off the paper, but he ran hard for his yards. And I was even told by some Tenora football players that the way he filled those gaps and he hit players, mm-hmm. it was hard. And uh, I could see that from up on top of the press box that he was giving 110% effort and he was laying the wood on a lot of Tenora players. I think he's just a sophomore, I believe. I think, I, I think, I know he's, he's pretty young, but uh, he, he, I thought played very well. He impressed me a lot, but I also thought uh, Landon Brewer, another kid, uh, he's got some height. And I think that's, our DBs at Tenora struggled with that and yep. his speed and his ability to get vertical too. Yeah, he had that huge catch on that final drive down the far sideline right in front of Antwerp's bench. I think yeah. it went for about 35 yards. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was a huge play during that uh, go-ahead touchdown for Antwerp. But Definitely. And for looking at, at the first half, it was almost two different halves. Antwerp, even though they scored early and then they scored right at the end of the half, I think with 30 seconds to go, like it seemed like every possession was third down. Rams just couldn't get off the yeah. field. Yeah, I didn't actually see the third down numbers, but for the first two downs, the Rams defense played pretty well. Um, look at the final numbers. Ultimus nineteen to thirty three for two eighty six. I mean, it's respectable, but it, it just seems like the Rams defense, at least in the first half, couldn't couldn't get off the field. Um, I offensively, Dockenhaus. I mean, <laughs> he was just playing his heart out. Right. Uh, 30, 29 carries, 183 yards for uh, Dallas. Best game he's had yeah. by far. Right, um, and I swear they they ran the same play probably oh, that twenty little, times. That little pitch, <laughs> little pitch, pitch to, to the right. house, and uh, I mean they they yep. would hit it five five to ten yep. yards every single play in that second half. Yeah, yeah. Now we're, you know, talk about the elephant in the room. You know, Brandon Edwards was not playing because yep. of the the uh, had to sit out the game, and um, you know, does that make a difference in the game? I, I think it makes a difference in the game. I don't know if it makes a difference in the outcome. You know, I don't know that it changes the who wins, who loses, but I think it definitely changes it, the dynamics. I of mean, the game. as far as overall numbers, Dallas had twenty nine one eighty three. Is is Brandon going to get that same number? You know, you don't yeah. know, yeah, but you know. but Brandon just adds. Which on that final drive that Snora had, I think that really hurt uh, Coach Krause in the offense because Brandon, if he gets that ball outside, he's just a split second away. He's just like a lightning bolt. He's yeah. he's going to go yeah, if he those, gets that opening. Some of those pitch plays right. that he gets out there on the outside but, could, you know, turn into so, more and more yards. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but, absolutely no disrespect to Doc. And oh, no, no, Brandon, no, no, but, no, not you know, at all. Brandon's got just that little bit more speed. Like yep. you said, if you, you pitch hit to him and, and he, because Doc and House got through the level you know, got through that yep. second level pretty quick sometimes too, but he, you know, the guys would just catch up with him. Yep. And I think if Brandon's there and he gets that pitch, you know, he might be able to right. get, get loose, right. but you know, it, it is what it is. And, and Sonora played great. I mean, I just played great. And I think Brandon may be, may bring it, may have brought a different um, aspect to the defensive side of right. the ball, probably yeah. more than the offensive yes. side, I think, and, because we didn't really have anybody for, um, you know, the defensive backs, you know, right. We, we lost and, that speed. Uh, then Cole Swinehagen was hurt, I believe, in the yeah. first half. Yeah, first first, first, first quarter, quarter, actually. Yeah. So that just put more of an emphasis on Dallas. And he just said, hey, get on my back. And <laughs> he almost willed him to the win. I mean, yeah. just 15 yards away. But uh, It's not the first time we've seen him oh, do that he, kind of thing. In, in the final LCC. drive against LCC, exactly yeah. right. He pretty much uh, did the same, carried the Rams down the field on his back. So. And, I, and I know the running backs are getting a lot of praise now, but – 
talk about give a shout out to the Tenora offensive line in that second oh, yeah. half. I mean, oh, they were opening dominant. up some holes, yes. and, and yes, I was indeed. very impressed because that first half, I wouldn't say they were necessarily present in the right. game. You know, uh, Cyrus Gale from Antwerp was tearing up their offensive yep. line. He had a lot of tackles that game, and uh, they're in the second half there. I don't know if they made some adjustments to their blocking scheme, but uh, the Tenora Ram offensive line came out and they played pretty well. And uh, I mean, it gave it gave Tenora a chance in the second half. So yeah, I'm, just, I'm just not real sure, you know, to continue talking about a little bit. You know, we, we, we watched Sonora play against Wasion, and then we watched him play against LCC. Yep. And to me, it didn't look like we had the same defensive scheme up front um, that we had against LCC. LCC, we were all over him, Oh yeah, the quarterback, you know, chasing him all over the place. And I don't think we put the pressure on Ultimus like we did against no, those no. guys. Not at yeah. all. No. Um, and it didn't look like – it didn't look like to me we were trying. Um, maybe they were so worried about Ultimus running the ball. Right. Yep. I mean, trying to contain him that we didn't go after him as hard. But I thought, but we went after the LCC quarterback, and he had a bunch of running yards. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if there was maybe something different there. It just didn't look the same. Yeah, I know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Antwerp had the you know had did their homework and they blocked that well, yeah, and, yeah, and that, that could, could be. be. I yeah. mean, I don't know. It just didn't seem like Sonora had the same aggressive game plan going after Ultimus. No, I agree with you, Tony, because there's many pass plays where Ultimus sat back there yeah. and he sat comfortably in the pocket. I mean, he at least had three to five seconds back there. That's a long time if yeah. you're a quarterback. Yeah, for for yeah. high school, absolutely. Yeah, and especially with a, with a quarterback like Ultimus, I mean, that's scary. I right. mean, you're giving a quarterback like him who's he's a veteran, he can see the field. He Not only does he see the field, but he goes through his progressions. And, and he's got a cannon. And yes. he's got a cannon. There's a couple <laughs> throws that Ultimus slung and – Holy smokes! It's like the ball just kept on going and yeah. going and going. But uh, well, then you also have uh, Brewer out there. You give him yeah. three seconds to get open. He's gonna find his a spot to yep. sit. Yeah, and, so. and Parker Moore made two fantastic oh, yeah. receptions. One he just laid out over the middle. Yeah, and the and one he dropped. Right, he dropped. The, right, he dove yep. and caught he did, it. Yeah, and yeah, came out. Yep. But yeah, I, Antwerp played great. They had a great game plan. They they uh, they executed well and and. Um, you know, unfortunately, Tenor, I, I was got got real exciting there the last. Oh, this, you know, we even joked this, around like, I don't know, if Tenor's got a three minute offense. You know, um, took it down, but, but they yeah. got down there, and you know, you always tell your kids, give them, a, you know, give yourself a chance to win, and they were there. They had an opportunity, but um, it, it, when you look at the final numbers, Antwerp had fifty three plays. Tenor ran sixty offensive plays, so they actually ran seven more plays. Antwerp had twenty five first downs. Tenor had nineteen. Wow. Um, offensive total yardage was a big disparity of 100 yards, 110 actually, 354 to 245. But um, when you see that Snorter actually ran more plays in Antwerp, I mean, I guess that was a little bit shocking to me. Yeah, when you so, you, you brought up the third down thing, and that that, that to me was a, another big thing. You you mentioned it. Um, Snorter just couldn't get off the stinking field. Yep. Yeah, a lot of third downs that were converted by Antwerp. But that was a heck a heck of a game. Yep. Um, boys gave it all they could. Just came up yeah. short. Just grind for this week all right let's go ahead let's move on to the next uh bigger game from last week st mary's at van wert and uh van wert won that game 70 to 41 but uh this is the definition of a football game that is an offensive shootout 111 total points in the game 1040 total yards in the game st mary's had 407 rushing yards and i know we don't cover st mary's all that much but this kid had a heck of a performance running back aiden hinkle from st mary's 25 rushes for 246 rushing yards 9.8 yards of carry so basically a first down of carry and two rushing touchdowns but on the other side van wert had 457 passing yards so you literally you have an offense that is all run and an offense that's all pass but uh quarterback aiden pratt 
24 of 28, 86% completion percentage, 457 passing yards. Add on six passing touchdowns. He had no interceptions. Seven carries, 48 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, eight total touchdowns. Talk about being surgical <laughs> and crazy. tearing that defense up. Wow. But And, and I, I added these points in, too. Um, those stats, he tied 20th all-time in the OHSAA for total points in a single game with 48. And he tied 15th all-time for touchdowns in a single game with eight touchdowns. And that's unofficial because I just looked up on the record list and, and in there, but it's <laughs> got to be submitted and whatever to be official. And then uh, on top of that, wide receiver for Van Wert, Connor Campbell. Wow, what another another great performance. 12 catches, 262 receiving yards, and four receiving touchdowns. So, uh Thoughts on the St. Mary's and Van Wert game, guys? Uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to our good friend Michael Hearn, who was doing this game. I actually wonder how long this – two questions – well, several questions. How long did this game take? <laughs> and with all this yardage here, was there ever a point when you see the score, was there actually a running clock during this game? I mean – Well, no, you got to be up 30, I, right? you got to be up 30 to have a running clock. Right, and it's it 70 to 41, but, so would be, be up 29. But at one point, was there a running clock? I was yeah, kind of looking know. at the box score, and it, it really depends on what the order right. of touchdowns was scored in. But, yeah, you're right. It, it, was there? I don't know. <laughs> and you see all these numbers here, and then Logan at halftime brings up a more impressive oh, number yeah. than all of these numbers yep. here. When Mr. Hearn said the 50-50 at this game was $12,000. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know, I've, I've heard of that only one other game before, and you know what the game that was? It's a Marion local cold water game each year. Right. I, I've heard yes. of that before, yep. but for another game to have a $12,000 50-50, wow, that, that's, a, that's a small lottery. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I'm just kind of curious that you say that. I'm just curious what Liberty Center and Archbold was. Because I mean, that was did, that place was I, packed, yeah, but I, I guarantee hear. it wasn't twelve grand. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I, I almost wonder too because I've heard it in the past for like the Marion local cold water game. I know people will send actually send money with people to, that go to the game to buy 50-50 tickets. That's crazy. I know they do that for the. Uh, that's what I. That's what I've heard for the cold water Marion local game. But I wonder if they almost did that for the Saint Mary's and uh, Van Wert game. I, I mean, mean twelve thousand dollars. Saint Mary's and Van Wert. I mean, is that a rivalry? Like. You know, Tenora, I, Fairview, Tenora, Airsville. I, I, I don't believe so. I just think, I mean, they're conference, right? conference opponents. Right. But then again, I mean, they're both really good teams this year, yeah. too. So, I mean, they generate, if, if you're good, you're going to generate a big crowd. Right. So, um, yeah, I thought that was impressive. Just, I'm glad wow. you brought just, that up, just, Keith. Just a game of all these numbers, and then you throw in a 50-50 of 12 grand. Yeah. Just, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, they were pretty much at halftime when we were at halftime, I thought, or pretty close, pretty close because we were talking about that. Yep. At, but you know, I don't know. Yeah, that's just uh, that's incredible. That, that would have been a fun game to you know to be at if you're an offensive guy. If you're a defensive guy, you're yeah, kind of like yeah. pulling your hair out, like why can't we stop this? Um, just can't get off the field on defense. Like you said, Logan, Aiden Pratt, methodical, obviously. Um, you know, 457 yards, only had four incompletions. Um, yeah, that's that's just an awesome performance. He, and he had know, more passing touchdowns than he. Then he did incompletions. That's crazy. <laughs> that is, you know, and, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, Aiden Hinkle you know, rushes for 246 yards and is kind of like the second, you know, highlight guy of the game is, um, you know, and then you got Connor Campbell right down there. You mentioned there were 12 catches of 262 yards and four touchdowns, 21.8 yards a catch. Sorry, I took your thing, Logan, but no, that's, no. that's impressive. You know, you're catching the ball for 21 yards a crack. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, Man, this is just a shootout. That's, all right. Because didn't Van Van Wert lost lost last week, right? That was Wapakoneta. Yes, to Wapakoneta. So they lost on the walk off punt. Yeah, yeah. walk off punt. So they came back with a little bit of chip on the shoulder, maybe. I don't know. 
And, and I had someone tell me this. They want they're they're uh, a fan of the the podcast, but uh, he brought up because I made the comment that I've never seen a walk off punk punt block before, and. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a Michigan fan, and he had to bring oh, up no, like he had State. to bring up the Michigan Michigan State game, and I said, you know what, I I, I, I remember now. Don't bring it up again. So uh, he wanted me to mention it, not mention his name, but I said I'd bring it up in the podcast. But I I have in fact saw a uh, walk off punt block before. That's so. awesome. Well, I don't know if that was really a block. That was kind of a, the Michigan Michigan State yeah. was more of a fumble, yeah, yeah, throw kick kind of. I don't know what that was actually, but yeah, but he, he was blowing me some. Uh, <laughs> blow me some crap i just so. remember out of that one i just remember harbaugh standing with his mouth draped open like yeah i couldn't believe what happened not not one of the uh best moments in uh, michigan football history so <laughs> i try to stay away from that <laughs> anyhow let's move on to the next game uh fairport harding at north central north central continues to impress week after week and i know they 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 don't play necessarily the toughest teams they are first year varsity program but Still, um, North Central rushed for 433 rushing yards, and they beat Fairport Harding 46 to nothing. And uh, two words for you guys. Joey Burt, uh, running back from North Central, is a rushing machine. And uh, we'll get into his stats a little later, but, man, he's another one that I think we need to start giving him a little love. I mean, the way he's running the ball, and I, like I said, I know some of these teams aren't always the best, but I don't care at any level. When you're rushing, I mean, there's, he's had multiple games, 150-plus, 200-plus uh, rushing yards a game, and throwing in a couple t- rushing touchdowns. I mean, that's quite a performance. So uh, yeah. thoughts on this game? You know, North Central, you know, being a startup team and coming out, I mean, they're doing well. And that's just – you know, Keith talks about all the time about the community getting behind him, and I tell you what, when you come out and you're successful like this, it's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to feel good. Absolutely. You know, like, hey, we're going to decide to have a football team, and Great. then you come out and you're, you know, you're kind of like, uh, here we go, we yeah. let's get, we get a football team, and you take your lumps for the first couple of years until you get a program built. These guys are coming out of the gate. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, usually when you have a, especially a first year varsity startup, you know, you go through the bumps and bruises for a couple of years. You yeah. Know, Oh, and 10, one and nine, you just kind of gradually build, build it up. But uh, North Central, they're just jumping on a trampoline and just going, <laughs> hey, how high can we go? Yeah. It's great. It's great to see. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead, AJ. Oh, just, I, last week I had looked up where uh, Fairport Harding was. Uh, it's over in the northeast side of Cleveland. So it, I looked up the, the time. It's a three hours and 11 minute oh. drive from, from Fairport Harding to North Central High School. So that's a heartbreaking loss for Fairport Harding to come in and get beat 46 nothing. It's like, ouch. That's we, a, we kind of talked about that last week. That's a long bus ride home. I was just about <laughs> yeah. to say that. That's a long bus ride home. Yeah. So, uh, But, again, North Central's continuing to do well, and uh, good for them. I mean, that's all I can yeah. say is, I mean, that's awesome to see a program like that. You know what else that kind of reminds me of is Antwerp. Just, I can't believe just a few years ago they were down to a JV squad. Yeah, they, they missed a year of varsity. Yes, I think right. it was six, 2016. The one, I, think it, I think it was my senior year. Um, it would have been 15. 15. Yeah, that they didn't, we didn't even play Antwerp mm-hmm. because they were trying to get right. their program reconstru- yep. uh, reconstructed and uh, getting kids to come out. But um, that's something we didn't bring up, too. I think that was the first time Antwerp beat Tenor since 2003. 2003, correct. Yeah. Which, uh, wow. wow. I mean, that's 15 years. That's a that's a long time for a program. Yep. I think they didn't play Tenor one year because of maybe COVID or something. There was a there. Oh, it, it was, was that year. The year they didn't have a program. Have program correct. But but still, wow. uh, 
I mean, I thought that was a pretty interesting stat too. Yep. But uh, that that kind of just jogged my memory thinking about North Central being a startup yeah. uh, program. It's just for something for these programs that are struggling this year to look forward to. Look at Antwerp; they actually drop football for a full season just to kind of get reorganized, get some more involvement with the kids in the school, and look at their last couple seasons. I mean, yeah. so it's just patience. It's all. It's, yeah, that's I mean, all, North all it is. North Central. I mean, uh, you you know what I mean. You, Never would we have thought about this at the beginning of the season, but I mean, it's, does North Central make the playoffs? I'm starting I mean, to think it. I think that might be one of our hot takes uh, later. But uh, <laughs> talk about that later. Jump yeah. the, uh, the gun a little bit. I, huh? I think it is. But uh, uh, I mean, you bring up a very valid point, Tony. But yeah. uh, we'll we'll save that for the hot take right. section. <laughs> That'll be a good conversation starter. <laughs> but uh, another game uh, I just wanted to touch on is the uh, oh the Fairview Paulding game um, that win that Paulding had was the first one of 2022. It was the first ever win against Fairview. It was the first ever GMC win for Fairview or for, I mean, Paulding, Paulding. I didn't mean Fairview. Um, and the first win for coach Jim Menzi, which yep. uh, I think that's awesome to see their program get their uh, first win of the season. So uh, yep. do you guys have any thoughts on that game? Not, I mean, not really. I just, you know, we, when we, when Sonora played Fairview, we just, the, they need some work and um, it's uh you know, we kind of like, well, one of these teams is going to come out a winner this week. And, yep. and um, Paulding, congratulations to them, you know, getting their program up and going here and and um, this year and see what they can see if they can build off of that. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and I want to give a shout out to I, f- I finally found that Twitter page. It's Paulding Panther Football History. I, I've, I, I bookmarked that. I, was, I, I don't I know who runs that account, that but they do an excellent yeah, job. It's, it's, I, I'm a big stat guy. I like history and it's just awesome to see that. Um, that's where I got that information from. But. Uh, whoever keeps doing that, keep putting out that stuff. That's interesting. I, I didn't even go to Paulding, but I'm a football fan, and I enjoy what content you release out there. Yeah, so. I, w- I wish that that we would have access to some of that information as well. Like, uh, hey, back in you know 1987 or random year, yeah, so and so did this and whatnot. Well, it's, some of that stuff gets lost over right, time, and, it, and it's like you don't know. But it's it's yep. interesting to to know that stuff, and uh, almost I feel like brings about more of a tradition to your program too. Yep. So. To see some of the old photos and the old action black and whites and whatnot. I mean, <laughs> no kidding. It's great. I might still have some photos from when I played, which would have been like 88, 89. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, that was one other game I want to touch on uh, just because uh, Paulding got their first one of the season. So uh, congratulations to the Paulding Panthers. Um, well, that concludes our week uh, five game recaps. We don't necessarily hit on everyone. We just kind of hit on the bigger games. But, uh Um, Each week, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll review some of those games. So let's go ahead. We'll take a break to hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Three Chord is a family-owned and operated business who offers the highest quality embroidery, screen printing, sign, and promotional items to customers in Northwest Ohio at competitive prices. Locations in Archibald, Napoleon, and Bowling Green. Check them out at threecord.com. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-O-R-D.com. For any of your auto body or collision needs, be sure to check out Bat and Stevens Body Shop. Voted the number one body shop in Northwest Ohio by Crescent News Readers. Give them a call today at 419-497-3111 to schedule your free estimate. Check out Tenora Rams Live. Live events broadcast on YouTube and post-game results, articles, schedules, and more can all be found on TenoraRams.com. Feel free to look up their Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram pages as well. Jimenez Basketball Academy strives to create an atmosphere to cultivate basketball fundamentals in Northwest Ohio youth athletes, offering one-on-one sessions, group sessions, speed and agility training, and much more. 
Located in Pettisville, Ohio, call Coach Jesse today at 419-551-8105. We're back on the NWO Sports Podcast. Logan Bailey here with Keith Brown, Tony, and AJ Fairchild. Uh, we're moving on to Player of the Week from Week 5. So we're, we have a list here of some of the finalists. Um, we'll go ahead and we'll take a look. I'll announce uh, the players, what team they're from, and some of their stats. And uh, we'll go ahead and discuss that. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and uh, look at Van Wert quarterback Aiden Pratt, 24, 28, 86% completion percentage, 457 passing yards, six passing TDs. He had no interceptions, seven carries, 48 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns, totaling eight touchdowns for the game. Van Wert wide receiver Connor Campbell, 12 catches, 262 receiving yards, 21.8 yards a catch, and he had four receiving touchdowns. Ayersville uh, quarterback Blake Honstein, 10 of 13, 77% completion percentage, 124 passing yards, two passing TDs, 20 carries, 121 rushing yards, 6.1 yards carry, two rushing TDs, and he had four total touchdowns for the game. Ayersville running back Owen Burner, 20 carries, 85 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, and one receiving touchdown. Wasion quarterback Trey Parsons, 15 of 18, 83%, uh, 274 passing yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. Ottawa Glendorf, running back, linebacker, Cy Rump, 18 carries, 146 rushing yards, good for 8.1 yards a carry, two rushing touchdowns. He also had six tackles on defense, one and a half sacks, and two and a half tackles for loss. Eden quarterback, uh, Caden Sapp, or Kyler Sapp, 18 of 33, 55% completion percentage, 322 passing yards, uh, four passing touchdowns for that game. Eden wide receiver, defensive back, Caden Nestor, six receptions, 116 receiving yards, one receiving TD. He had three interceptions on defense, and he had one touchdown on defense as well. Uh, North Central running back, Joey Burt, 27 carries, 272 rushing yards, good for 10.1 yards a carry, and he added three rushing touchdowns. Defiance running back, Brogan Castillo, 17 carries, 163 rushing yards, good for 9.6 yards a carry. He had two rushing touchdowns. Defiance running back Craig Nichols, 13 carries, 108 rushing yards, 8.3 yards a carry, and he had two rushing touchdowns as well. So quite a performance from both running backs from Defiance. And last but not least, Antwerp quarterback Carson Ultimus, 19 of 33, 58% completion percentage, 286 passing yards, one passing TD, eight carries for 39 rushing yards and one rushing TD. So uh, thoughts for player of the week from week five, guys. Well, uh, aside from the obvious Aiden Pratt putting up 457 yards, some of the other – well, I'm sure it's going to be beat to death here in a little bit because that's an absolutely outstanding performance there. Um, but some of the other ones that kind of st- stuck out to me is uh, Hanstein from Ayersville. Uh, he has 124 yards passing, which doesn't sound all that like – miraculous compared to some of these other numbers on here it's pretty much right in line but he was also responsible for 121 rushing yards so he's looking at over 245 roughly yards that he's responsible for so that's that's a heck of a game to have right there especially throwing 10 for 13 77 percent that's that's a good stat to have as well with the you know the four total touchdowns that he's responsible for what a game he had yeah mr honstein i think honstein had had a some trouble throwing some interceptions too if i remember the stats right um so to, to come away from that game clean that's uh that's good for him but if you just to go ahead and talk about the, for me I, I like i mean joey burt um logan mentioned him as we were talking about north central 272 yards but you know defiance um keith mentioned the craig nichols kid coming in and, and helping defiance out there i think 
they may have found something there with kind of a one-two combo yes, with him and definitely. Brogan Castile yep. that might that might help Defiance a little bit. I, I, I kind of like those guys. I mean, I know they didn't have great great stats here, but um, but I think that's going to be big for Defiance. Yeah, a couple, a couple for me. The Trey Parsons stepping in. I mean, uh, 15 to 18, 274, four scores. Um, I can't overlook, I mean, Aiden Pratt. Well, I mean, we've you, you can't say anymore. Numbers speak for themselves there. Um, as, as Tony said, uh, it's, it's nice to see two Defiance kids on here. Uh, see Coach Cooper finally showing what all that hard work and uh, off-season workouts running all those steps and we walked the steps last year and I just wore out once we got to the top. I can't imagine running the steps, but uh, see all that hard work for the Bulldogs uh, finally paying off. Walked all those steps and then went all those steps all the way to the top of the press box. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a long way up yeah. at Defiance there. We made a joke about needing an oxygen mask by the time we got up there. The altitude. Uh, for me, I, I really liked Caden uh, Nestor's performance from Eden, wide receiver, defensive back. Uh, anytime you have over 100 receiving yards, you throw in a receiving touchdown. And then on defense, he had three interceptions and, and uh, one touchdown on defense. I, I know it was against Montpelier, um, and I'm not taking away anything from the performance, but still, three interceptions, that, that's, nope. that's a game for Absolutely. anyone. So that was pretty impressive. Uh, another kid I wanted to give a shout-out to, um, sometimes we don't always get Lipsick stats, uh, but was Hayden Heigl running back from Lipsick? He had over another game with 200 plus rushing yards and a pair of touchdowns, so I wanted to give him a shout out as well. Um, but, anyways, we talked again like we always do. Um, this week I think was pretty easy. Uh, I actually texted the guys right after the game it happened. I said, check this out. This is a heck of a performance. Yeah. And uh, player of the week from week five is going to go to Van Wert quarterback Aiden Pratt. I mean, when he threw almost for 500 yards and six passing touchdowns and had two more rushing touchdowns against a very good St. Mary's team, um, I think that is more than enough to be deserving of uh, Northwest Ohio Sports Player of the Week. So uh, just, just just looking, Logan, I mean, I, I looked. once you see the numbers, you see them, you don't actually examine them. He was 24 of 28 Yeah, <laughs> for 457 yards. It's not like he threw it 50 times, but just the completion percentage is what, 86%, which yeah. is just super efficient. Very I mean, impressive. Every single play yes. that he was involved yes. in was efficient, yep. and uh, I I'm just impressed. And, again, he's probably got to be, I would say, my personal number one quarterback in Northwest Ohio right now. Um, again, week in, week out, this kid comes in and he produces. And uh, I, I don't think there's uh, – I think the ceiling – there's there's not a ceiling for this kid. I think he's con- going to continue to improve mm-hmm. as the season goes on. Yep. Yeah, I think we mentioned him before. It's like, hey, if, if there's any co- you know college coaches out there looking for a quarterback, this guy, uh, he's there. Yeah, and uh, the player of the week will receive a plaque uh, sponsored by Bat and Stevens Body Shop at the end of the season. But, again, congratulations to Van Wert quarterback Aiden Pratt. Um, keep up the good work. Let's go ahead. We'll move on to power rankings for week six. So, again, um, I'll go ahead and I'll release the power rankings. We'll kind of release them in groups, and the guys will go ahead and discuss um, what their thoughts are. So let's go ahead and we'll start the power rankings. Coming in at number 27 this week is Hicksville, number 26, Hilltop, number 25, Fairview, number 24, Montpelier, number 23, Swanton, number 22, Paulding, number 21, North Central, and number 20, Evergreen. Thoughts on this group in the power rankings? North Central. I, I see North Central in there, and I just, we were just talking about those guys. You know, you never know. Um, it, <laughs> they, I, I can see them, if they continue to do what they've been doing, I can see them moving up that, that chart a little more. 
the only one that I really have anything to say about is maybe uh, Fairview. I I have not seen anything from them really at all this year, uh, especially when we were watching the Tenora game where they were held in negative yards. Um, so I I wouldn't even be opposed to saying they're 26, Hilltop's 25. And I, I think, too, even looking at that list, uh, Fairview and Hicksville will play each other this year, too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. again, um, there's another opportunity for a team with no wins to oh. get a win. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Keith, do you have any comments? Oh, just for me personally, for all the coaches and kids that are on this list here, as, as we discussed earlier, just remember Antwerp. Couple, I mean, yeah, six absolutely. six years ago, they didn't have a season. Yep. And look where they've they've rebounded for the last couple of years. So it may not look good on paper, 0-5, 1-4. You go to practice every single day. You know, Friday night comes, you lose 37 to nothing. But you're you're setting an example for all the kids that are coming up below you that could be in elementary school or junior high or they're on the freshman team just keep being a role model and build and these teams that are on here you could have a, a situation like Antwerp in a couple of years you, you, you don't know I'll tell you what you know it's it's easy to be a leader when you're like on Liberty Center and everything's going right everything's coming to you guys really easy it's easy to be a leader at that point yep. it's really hard to be a good leader when you're 0 and 5 that's when you need it the most yep. and that's yep. goes right with what you're saying there be the leader for that generation coming up behind you understand that this may not be your season um, but you're setting the tone for those to come after you a absolutely yeah i think uh aj and keith you guys both had great points i mean you're they're not just playing for this year they're playing for the program and years to come and uh I mean, those kids are always, the little kids are always looking up to varsity football players yeah, and yeah. Uh, the way they carry themselves on and off the field. Right. I mean, those kids think the world. That's, so that's their heroes. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it is. Yeah, and 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 just I know, like Keith said too, your season may not be going, but continue to carry yourself with high character and continue grinding. I mean, that will not only help you um, on the football field, but it'll help you later in life. Yep, so right. that's one thing that the sport of football is always good at yep. is it continues to it. You, there's so many lessons you learn from football mm -hmm. um, that you just don't get from other sports, right. and uh, I think I think that's good, uh, especially with all those kids participating. Yep. So you know, something I always talk to you know the softball kids about you know. Be careful because there's always a little kid out there that wants to be just like you and mm -hmm. he's on the other side of the fence right now watching you, a little kid Correct. that's watching. So be careful in how you carry yourself when, when your season's not going great. But um, just real quick, looking at this list, the teams that we just named off, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, Fairview new coach, yep. Montpelier new coach, yep. Swanton's got a new coach, right? Paulding's got a new coach, yep. North Central's brand new. Yeah. And so, Evergreen's got a new coach. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's going to take time. So, yeah. I mean, there you, I mean, there you go. I mean, now you look down at, at, at Ayersville, they got a new coach too. Right. And they're doing well. So, I mean, it, it can go either way sometimes. And, and unfortunately you're looking at that. Like you guys said, it takes some time to build a program. And like Keith mentioned, it hit nail right on the head with the Antwerp thing. You never know what's going to happen in a couple of years from now. Okay. All great points. Let's move on to the next uh, section here. Coming in at number 19, Wayne Trace. Number 18, Otto Glandorf. Number 17, Brian. Number 16, Crestview. Number 15, Napoleon. Thoughts on this group here? I mean, Wayne, Wayne Trace is going to, you know, they're coming into the meat of their schedule. They're going to have to start showing themselves. Or, um, you know, but they they got tough opponents coming too. So, yep, Tenor and Antwerp back-to-back. I think that, I mean, like you guys said, I mean, we're really going to find out how good Wayne Trace is. 
Um, again, I think another team that I'm kind of interested in is uh, Brian and Crestview. Correct. Um, Brian dropped a game against Delta this week, and Crestview dropped a game as well. And uh, Crestview was off to a hot start this year. But, um, again, um, they've got a couple tough games coming up. I'm trying to think of who they play this week. Uh, let me see real quick. Who's that, Crestview? Yeah. Crestview plays at Delphish Jefferson. So, uh, I I mean, I think that's a – Crestview uh, plays Bluffton. Or Bluffton, at Bluffton. Um, I think that again in Bluffton's three and two too. So uh, I think we'll find out a little bit more about them. But uh, that's a team that I think can potentially could potentially drop more depending on how they they yeah. do. I mean, there's a couple other tough teams in their conference that they have coming up. Yeah, Crestview started off three and zero. They actually made the state rankings at that time. They did, yes. And back to back losses have uh, been a little tough for the Knights. And I think I think Napoleon too. Um, I could potentially see them dropping too. They're getting into the meat of the NLL as well. Um, there's a couple good teams coming up. Uh, they, I mean, I know they played a very good Perrysburg team, yeah. and yeah. that Perrysburg team, I think they have a shot to go mm-hmm. deep in the playoffs. But uh, I think Napoleon's one that I could potentially see dropping in, in the weeks to come. Yeah. Let's look at the next section here. Coming at number 14, Eden. Number 13, Wasion. Number 12, Edgerton. Number 11, Defiance. Thoughts on this group here? Oh, Edgerton. Edgerton's the one that kind of pops out to me when I see that list. I mean, um, I don't know. I, you know, they, they were eight and they dropped to 12. I, we'll see. We'll see how they respond. I think another school, too, um, that is playing well, considering the start they had, is Eden. Um, again, anytime you have a Bob Holen offense, yeah. um, yep. they've been playing pretty good here, too. But, uh, I mean, if they keep it up, they might mess around. And uh, I think – Ottawa Hills is very good in their conference, the TAC, but uh, they might have a shot at, at winning another championship. And, and we've kind of seen them too. I know they're a younger team, and uh, I feel like they've continued to develop as the season's gone on. So I think they're a team to keep an eye out for and uh, see how they do. Yeah, they travel all the way to Fort Laramie this weekend, I think. That's going to be a big test for them. So. <laughs> be, a long, be a long yes travel time. And, again, I think we're still learning more about Defiance too. I mean – Last time, I did find out, last time I think Defiance made the playoffs was 2014, I believe, and that was when Trey Gilliam was there. We were talking about it at work mm-hmm. today, and uh, okay. uh, they played Toledo Central Catholic, and that was at Toledo Central Catholic when they had Deshaun Kaiser and uh, oh, wow. Mike Warren, I think. So that, that, that was, uh, that was a, wow. brutal, uh, a brutal matchup. But uh, um, Defiance is, I think, continuing to impress us, and Coach Travis Cooper is, I think they're finally starting to see see Defiance move in the right direction, which yeah, is which is good to see. It's, it's excellent to see uh, Coach Cooper having the Bulldogs chance to move 4-2 and two this week, and that's, that's fantastic for that program. Edgerton, we'll see how they respond. Coach Flagle and the Bulldogs kind of got punched in the nose last week at home, a uh, chance to rebound for them, but uh, pretty – Pretty accurately ranked. And I think, too, like you kind of mentioned it with Edgerton, but I think you learn the most about a team after after a loss. Yep. I mean, you yep. find out if that team is going to fight and battle back or if they're going to lay yep. low and continue to let that loss of affect them. Right. So, right. I mean, like, Edgerton, Edgerton fortunately, fortunately for Edgerton, they're Paulding, Fairview, Hicksville are the next three games. So, you know, it's the, yeah, then, then they chance. go to Tenora, then Antwerp. Um, so, I mean, it's <laughs> I mean, that's a tough way to end the season. Out, they so. got a pretty easy schedule coming up. I, and no disrespect to the other teams, but, you know, the, the Paulding, Fairview, and Hicksville aren't playing well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think Edgerton's going to kind of walk through the next few weeks and then 
bang bang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't honestly. If I'm looking at I'm, that's if I'm Edgerton, I'm not liking that because you're not challenging your guys to their their right. potential and their capabilities, and then all of a sudden you got to play Tenor and Antwerp in the final weeks of the season. Like that's that's yep, a tough, that's, uh, tough. that's a tough workout for that schedule. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's look at the top 10 here. So cracking the top 10, coming in at number 10 is Ayersville, number 9, Delta, number 8, Tenora, number 7, Lipsick, number 6, Patrick Henry. And we'll leave it at that, and then I'll announce the top five. So thoughts on this group here? Uh, as, as Tony, as we said in our previous segment, uh, Ayersville and Delta, <laughs> two biggest jumpers of the week, I believe. Yeah. Um, Ayersville all the way from 19 the week before and Delta all yep. the way from 18. So yep. until uh, Delta loses a game, um, they're going to continually be ranked ahead of Ayersville, unfortunately for Ayersville fans out there. But um, Tenora, good, big bounce back week for them this week, kind of find out what the what the Rams are made of, as, as you just touched on, Logan. Um, Patrick Henry is, again, one of those, you look at Nash Meyer, he just kind of is, as Tony said last week about the entire Ayersville program, as far as an individual player, Nash Meyer is one of those that he just is kind of back a little ways. But every Friday night, you look at the final stats, and he's one of the more talented kids in the area. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't quite get the recognition, he's I think. Easily him and him at quarterback and uh, Lana Johnson at wide receiver. Yep. Easily yep. one of the best wide receiver and quarterback combos yep. in Northwest yep. Ohio. Yep. So. Um, they're, they're ones like we, we talked about last week. They just continue to grind right. and grind. And I'm, I'm excited to see Patrick Henry yeah. play some, some teams like Liberty center and your Archbolds and, mm-hmm. uh, even Delta. I'm, I, I'm excited to see some of those matchups with Patrick Henry. That's coming up. Let's look at the top five here. Columbus Grove at number five, Antwerp at number four, Archbold at number three, Liberty center at two and Van Wert at one. So thoughts on the top five for this week's or week six power rankings. Only thing I can say is I would love to see a Liberty Center Van Wert uh, matchup just to see where those two teams would compare <laughs> yes. because I, Liberty Center to me is just unstoppable right now, and I know Van Wert's got a loss, but we all know Van Wert's a heck of a team. So I would love to see those teams face off in some <laughs> exhibition game just to see what that would you know amount to. I, I think you've got the top five nailed, Logan, yeah, to be absolutely. honest. Uh, you know, maybe if I'm looking at the team, maybe Patrick Henry comes in at five and Columbus Grove is six, and, and maybe mm-hmm. Archbold and Antwerp are switched is the, would be my only thing. But, um, yeah, I think you, you you nailed those top five. Keith, do you have any comments? Uh, Tony hit it right on the head. Just, I mean, it looks absolutely perfect, really. I mean, you can't. Archbold and Liberty Center settled the last week. So, and as AJ said, Arch or uh, Liberty Center and Van Wert be a great matchup. And some yeah. of these teams are going to be playing <laughs> each other right. in the top 10 yeah. too. Like yeah. Lipsick plays Columbus Grove this week. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other matchups. Delta, Delta plays Archbold. Delta plays Archbold. So a couple top 10 matchups. Yep. So uh, I think they'll kind of work themselves ways out and yep. Uh, yep. we'll see how things play out. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see another great week of football. So yeah. Let's go ahead. Let's take a break to hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back, and uh, we'll get into one of our favorite segments, the hot takes. Yes. Fairchild Family Chiropractic aims to help families to get better together in the least invasive way possible. Dr. Fairchild focuses on the neck using the Blair Technique and Palmer Package, adjusting to correct spinal misalignments. Located in Defiance, Ohio, call Dr. Fairchild today at 419-576-5070 to schedule an appointment. Northwest Ohio basketball hosts premier basketball tournaments for boys in grades 3 to 8 in the area. Upcoming tournaments are right around the corner. 
Give them a call today at 419-283-5296 or check out their website at nwobball.com. Crystal Vasquez of Amerimade Realty is a top real estate agent in Northwest Ohio. Crystal's compassion and enthusiasm allow her to find that special property or house just for you. Located in Bryan, Ohio, give her a call today at 419-799-1243. We're back on the NW Sports Podcast, and uh, it's that time of the podcast. It's our personal favorite section, and uh, continue to send in these hot takes. Uh, they're anonymous. We like to keep it that way, so no one gets thrown under the bus, but it's time for the hot takes for week six podcast. So let's go ahead and let's get it started so the first one and we already talked about a little bit before and uh i'll let tony lead this one after i introduce it so the first hot take sent into us was defiance will host a home playoff game tony i'm looking to you first uh, i was joking around with these guys and i told them i said the only way defiance is hosting a home playoff game if it's a division seven game playing being played at defiance but that's no disrespect to defiance you guys are playing well i hope you guys keep going but i I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see. And and I I talked and we we talked at work and I think Defiance has has a somewhat legitimate shot at hosting possibly. I mean, they're what'd you say they're sitting at Keith eleven right they now? They were eleven. Yes. And you look at this week is a winnable game. Uh, I think with I believe Elida's quarterback is still uh, still out starting quarterback, which that's huge. And Elida's coming off a loss to mm-hmm. Salina, so you figure if Defiance can win that, that would make Defiance. A four-win team. If they could beat Salina, it would be a five wins, uh, five wins so far. Um, and even if they could pull off a couple more, uh, OG is another OG. one. Lima Bath they could easily win. Lima Bath, um, then Wampaconet is the last game. Yeah, I mean, if if they can win OG Lima Bath, uh, Salina, and this one against Salina, that would put them at seven wins for the season. And that, I, I would think that would put them at least in the top. They would eight, that, eight for sure. If, I would think if, if they could pull off those ones for sure, and if if they get some help, and even if they pull off an upset against Wapakoneta, that would definitely put them in uh, as oh, far as absolutely. points wise. But uh, uh, I don't know. I th- <laughs> I, th- I think Defiance has a. If I had to put a percentage on it, I would give them a fifty fifty shot Absolutely. at hosting a playoff yep. game. I mean, the way they're playing well, they've got a good one-two punch, uh, like uh, you guys were saying earlier, with Castillo and um, Craig Nichols. Craig Nichols, yep. Yes, I mean, they're – and they've got a very good uh, passing game with yes. Brez Zipfel, yep. and it's he's very efficient at quarterback. And then, again, um, you throw in a guy like Christian Camaso, who's a good overall athlete, and he's a leader on that defense. Mm-hmm. Um I like Defiance's chances of having a home playoff game. So, you guys got any thoughts on this yeah, one? Absolutely. Um, it, it, you basically hit every bullet point there, Logan. Was Defiance is heading in the right direction? I mean, just kind of slowly churning the butter, and all of a sudden you look up, and Defiance can be four and two. Yeah, if, I mean, if right, they win this week, which. Yeah, I mean, there's a realistic chance they could end up end the season seven and three. Yeah. Well, going into playoffs, it, it's right. very possible if they continue to play the way they're playing, having a three a seven and three season. That's that's awesome for where Defiance has been over the last couple of years, and it would just kind of round off the season very well if they yep. did end up hosting their own uh, playoff game. And like I was saying, I believe, like I said, I think the last time they were to the playoffs was 2014. Wow, so, I mean, if you're a Defiance fan or live in the community, get out and go support those yeah. those boys on the football yeah. team. I mean, they're playing well right now. And, uh, I mean, any kind of support they can get, go out, uh, buy a ticket, uh, 
anything you can do to support them. That's, and that goes the same for any of these schools around all the athletes that put in all this time and effort. I mean, it's just awesome. The environment's so much better when you get a bigger crowd, even like the Antwerp Sonora game. That was one of the bigger games I've seen at Sonora (laughs) in a long time. So that, that was just awesome to see. I've had back to back great crowds at Sonora, not to, not to deter the subject of it, but uh, it's been perfect weather. Uh, couldn't ask for better Friday nights in the first five weeks. Yeah, get out and support the Bulldogs. Yeah, like Keith, Keith said, I mean, it's it's. I mean, I know it could probably get pricey if you have a big family, but for for a somewhat affordable event, I mean, go out buy a ticket, usually six to eight bucks, and yep. uh, go have a good time. Even yep. even if you don't like to watch football, you can go out and socialize and at least be there supporting them. So. Yep. It's a good, this is a good time. Yeah, real it quick, really one is. more thing about Defiance, Logan. You know, I just pulled up their schedule quick. You know, I just didn't even realize this. I mean, I know they're three and two, but their two mm-hmm. losses was to St. Mary's and Van Wert. You know, so that's I mean, impressive. And, and, and they and they you know they won twenty eight to seven over Napoleon, twenty eight twelve over Shawnee, and forty two to six over Kenton. So they're. They're, like he said, they're moving in the right direction. And we, we talked about that St. Mary's game that Defines played earlier in the year. I mean, they had they had a shot as well. Yeah. I mean, years past, they were getting blown out by 50-plus points. But this year, I mean, you take away a couple key plays here and there, yeah. and, uh, I mean, that game would have been a lot closer. Well, so, If I remember, they had the ball, like, inside the 20, like, three times in that yes, game. Yes, yes. And like then that. they had the block field goal return yeah. for a touchdown for St. Mary's, too. So, so yeah. I, I mean, mean Defines is coming, and they're competing against some good teams. And uh, even – Van Wert, I think Van Wert only put up thirty six. Oh, only yeah, 36, thirty six points. Yep. But still for for Defiance, like I said, yeah. that that was a game in years past that Defiance had no business being relative <laughs> like fit within fifty yeah. points. But yep. this year, I mean they're going out and competing yep. against some top teams. So I mean we so, saw I mean, what happened with Van Wert and St. Mary's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean could they could they host a playoff game? I, it's possible. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next uh hot take here. So Kyler Sapp quarterback from Eden will lead the area in passing yards. Caden Nestor, wide receiver from Eden, will lead the area in receiving yards. And Cohen Holbert, linebacker Eden, will lead the area in tackles. Um, I'll go ahead and start this one. So I'm not sure. I haven't seen the area stats so far. But again, anytime you're in a bobble when offense, you're guaranteed to be, as far as passing yards, at least top three in Northwest Ohio. But uh, Caden Nestor, he's tearing stuff up. And last year as well, even when uh, Drew Gallahue was there, he was another great wide receiver. Um, and then I believe Cohen Holbert, it, he was recently leading the area the last I knew um, for tackles. So I would say if, if I had to say, I would say there's a pretty good shot at all three of them leading those categories. Uh, thoughts on this hot take, guys? Yeah, you yeah. go ahead and talk. I, I was seeing if the Crescent had him in the, in the paper. I was just thinking with the only one that I may question a little bit would be the Kyler Sapp. Just just because seeing Aiden Pratt put up 457 yards, that's going to give him a pretty that's true sizable too. lead for the rest of the season. I mean, you, even with the way uh, uh, Burt put up some Burt put up some uh, uh, rushing yards, or sorry, I guess uh, I guess I kind of lost where I'm at here. Oh. Carson Ultimus put up 286 passing yards. So like you have some pretty solid. You know, contenders for that. Yeah. But I think Aiden Pratt just puts up too many yards, even in a single game. Uh, 457 yards for a game. That, that's what some that's quarterbacks like two see or in three a season. Games. Yeah. <laughs> or a season. So, yeah. I don't know that Kyler Sapp will be the, the leader, but like you said, definitely top three. It's, it's, yeah, you make there. You make a very valid point. And I would say out of the three, I think he has the least, least likely chance of leading the area in passing yards. But Caden Nestor, he is by far Eden's number one, and basically, not only, but the pat the target that he's throwing all of his passes to. And we saw last year with uh, Gannon Ripke, 
Um, he had, I believe, like 2,000-plus receiving yards, yeah, which is wow. he was outrageous. Unbelievable. This was through last week. This doesn't include okay. this past Friday's games, but as far as, as – just looking at those three individuals, Kyler Sapp was leading the area in pass. This it does not include Van Wert. True, yeah. Okay. So okay. Kyler Sapp – had 1,064 yards going into last Friday night. He had about a 200-yard uh, lead on Cade Brenner and uh, Carson Ultimus. Okay. Um, hmm. Tackles, Halbert had 18 tackle lead on a Christian wow. Commissaire yeah. of Defiance. And, and we saw Gannon Ripke last year at linebacker. Yep. He was the tack defensive player of the year, and he put up, I believe, like 150 tackles yep. on the year, which is – that's outrageous. That's, I, I don't know. I've, I haven't seen – I saw Eden play one game, um, and that was against Lima Central Catholic last year. But those linebackers, mm-hmm. they are all over the field yep. in that defensive uh, scheme. Yeah, so like, where's everybody else? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, those linebackers in that defensive system, they are flying all over the place. And, and there's a lot of good athletes that come in there. But yep. I think that defensive scheme um, on top adds to a lot mm-hmm. of those tackles. Yeah, he's 18 tackles above the nearest. So that was uh, that's quite a, a big uh, gap there. Yeah, but I I, I think uh, like I, I said, I think two of the three, I think there's a legitimate shot at. Like AJ said, um, it's going to be tough to top Aiden Pratt. Um, I mean, but like you said, if Tyler Sapp's beating out Cade Brenner and uh, Carson Altimus, um, that's a decent shot too. But uh, definitely top three, probably. Yep. Um, let's go ahead. Let's look at the next one. Delta beats the Archbold Blue Streaks. Thoughts on this hot take? <laughs> I'm the Delta guy, so I'll go first. <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest. If Delta would have played Archbold before Archbold played Liberty Center, I would say Delta's got a better chance. But I think Archbold's going to come back ticked off after losing to Liberty Center, and they're going to take their frustrations out on Delta. Especially um, after being shut out. Yeah. I mean, Delta fans, I'm sorry, I'm not disrespecting you, but I just think uh, you're playing Archbold at the wrong week. Um, any other time, maybe you, you could pull it off, but I think Archbold's just going to come back with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, Couldn't agree with you more there. Keith, do you have any, anything uh, to add? I'm, I'm, I'm with Tony. Delta is one of the more surprising feel-good stories of the year, them and probably North Central, um, but Delta's meet of the schedule is just starting right this week. Yeah. So... And I, I like your point too, uh, Tony. I think if it was a different week and they weren't coming off a loss like that, um, I think Coach Dominic for Archbold is a very good coach. He's one of the best coaches in Northwest Ohio. Uh, I think he's going to rally his team, and uh, I think they're going to come out and put put together a, a very good performance, especially with that game being at Archbold as well. Um, that's a tough place to win at. Yep. Anytime you can beat a team at their at their home. Um, that that's that's pretty impressive. So I know Delta's been playing well, but is it quite enough to beat a team like Archville? Mm, no, I don't think so. But like I said, I think that I think they're going to go out and compete. Delta's going to yeah, put up, absolutely. and uh, they're you know, and it's and it could go the other way, guys. I mean, it literally could go the complete opposite. I mean, Archville got spanked last week by Liberty Center, and it could be a you know it could be a still the the eye could still be swollen from the punch in the face they took last week and come out and and not beat delta you know it could happen either way it's one of those things you you see delta they're four and one um they're playing great you're you're on this high right now i just hope that i'm, I, I'm not saying that delta is going to be intimidated but you're going into archibald and that fan base there is just so just 
one of the better fan bases in the area. So hopefully Delta doesn't come in and just get overwhelmed with the with the situation before kickoff. So once the ball's in the air, I mean everything pretty much goes away emotion wise. Right. But yeah. uh, just just the the pregame and the the atmosphere. Hopefully that's not too much for uh, Delta. Yeah, and, and I think. Like I said, I think it's a it's a good game, but I think Archbold ends up coming coming out on that yep, one. So. I agree. Uh, let's move on to the next hot take. Very impressed with North Central and a four and two start. Would you have thought they would be doing this well at the beginning of the year? Who wants to start this one? I'll start that one. I'm gonna say no, absolutely not. Never would have thought they would be doing this well. Uh, it's a startup program, so it's very shocking to I think anybody in the area that finds out they're doing four and they're going four and two and with some pretty solid wins too like 46 yeah. nothing against uh uh fairport harding gotta get the name right um uh, <laughs> so or sorry yeah i guess three and two oh, yeah i just I changed it i had it in at four and two yeah, but still three same, and two same still thing still a winning yeah. a winning season here uh it's fantastic i i'm right there with you aj i mean Anytime, like you look at Antwerp, we talked about before. It took years for yep. Antwerp to get to where they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, but for for North Central to come out and I don't care a win's a win at the end of the game. At the end of the day, some people may say, "Well, look at the the level of teams and competition." Yeah. A win's a win. I mean, right. like I said, we're looking at potentially North Central the way they're playing, making a playoff berth in the right. very first year ever as a varsity football program they right now i had it up they're currently in ninth spot so they're one spot away from hosting yeah. Wow. Wow. yeah. a playoff game wow. so so i mean I, they're actually ranked ahead of crestview and eden right now and lipsick wow i'm wow. a central catholic just just a, for example of teams at north central is ranked ahead of, and that's impressive because wow. i mean those point rankings are based off a I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I, if I, I got to go back and remember, uh, what division you get your yeah. first round points, your second round points. Yep. Um, so, like, the bigger the division, you get a little bit more points. Yep. But then, depending on how those teams beat other teams correct. and if those teams it's, are better as well. So, I mean, it's a very thought-out point system. It's, 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 it's it not is. it's not some simple thing. I mean, it's really thought-out, yep. very thorough. So There's, there's level one points and level two points, as, yes. as you said, Logan. It's based on the division you play against and then the amount of wins they get yes against quality opponents actually affects your ranking as the season moves on so it's not just a bunch of guys sitting in a room like the the coaches poll for ncaa right right uh here's this guy this guy this guy this is actually yeah. a nice calculated yeah. formula all voting for their buddies right right <laughs> yes yeah so i mean that says a lot too especially yeah. you said who are they in front of that you said what what are some uh, teams right now crestview they are in front of crestview lipsick. eden lipsick and lima central Catholic. wow that's crazy though <laughs> in front of lipsick yeah. that's it's lipstick. Is I mean, well, you know, we talked about like the, they play Adrian Madison, and you know, how do you Fremont, Indiana? How do you how do you you brought that up, Logan? How do you rate them? How do you how do you point the teams that aren't in the state? True. Yeah, um, so not sure. I'm, I'm not, sure. They, not sure how they're doing that, but I'm sure this isn't the first team they've ever had played teams right. out of state. So I'm sure they've got a really ironed out, you know, in black and white way of handling that, but I have no idea how it works. I'll check the other I, ranking. The, the Martin RPI does a good job as well of ranking stuff um, similar to this. So I'll, I'll try and eyeball uh, if I can't find it. Real North quick. Central plays New Lebanon Dixie this week, and I looked that up just because I wasn't <laughs> sure where that was at. That's actually like west of Dayton. It's way down there. I just can't believe. <laughs> I want to know at the end of the year the travel time. I know a lot. North Central is, I think, 
they've had a lot of teams come to them, but total travel time for games involving North Central and their opponents, I, I would say, I don't know anyone else that has to travel as far for for games like as North Central. I mean, they played Harding, uh, and that was, you said, up in Northeastern Ohio, like northeast of well, Cleveland yeah. area. Yeah, they and came to Their North opponent, Central, yes. Yeah. And this week, I mean, you, they're playing a team west of Dayton. Holy cow, those are some <laughs> long bus rides, but uh, – I think that's just shocking how they find these opponents too. Yeah. But again, uh, very nice job from North Central, and uh, keep up the good work. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next hot take. Delta shocks someone down the stretch of the NWL and wins a playoff game. I'm just I was just looking at their schedule, and then you know what? They very well could. I mean, they got to play PH. They got to play um, uh, Liberty Center at the end. Yeah, their last three games Wasi- at Wasion, then two home games, Patrick Henry and Liberty Center. So, you know, if you're talking about all those teams, I, I yeah, I think they could very easily shock a Wasion or maybe a PH. I don't think they're going to shock Liberty Center, but right, um, it's it's possible they could they could sneak a win away from Wasion. I maybe PH, but I don't know if I would even necessarily call it shocking somebody because Delta is doing really well right now. If if anybody goes into a game against Delta and loses because they were shocked that to me would have been poor coaching and poor preparation because <laughs> yeah, Delta right. is Delta's somebody you should not be sleeping on right no, now. So to be shocked by Delta shouldn't be somebody shouldn't be something anybody does. Uh, now I Delta Wasion, that's going to be a great game to watch. I think that that could go either way. That's going to be towards the end of the season. Delta PH again, who knows which way that's going to go. I think Patrick Henry might be a little bit above that, but Again, it's going to be a good game. So I don't know that it would shock me to see them pull off a couple wins. I the one that would shock me is if they would beat LC, but I don't yeah. think there's any chance of that happening. <laughs> that, that would be a yeah. shocker. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm looking right now like Keith. I pulled up Joe Itell, and I'm looking. Uh, Delta sits sixth, and they are also in Division Five, Region 18. And we talked about how that's that's a that's, tough region. Mm-hmm. Though some of the the normal teams like uh, Ottawa Glendorf aren't what they usually are. Um, still. Um, <laughs> You look, I mean, they're they're sitting ahead of Archbold. Archbold sits at That's, number nine right now. Um, Tenora sits at 14. Um, uh, Liberty Benton is at 16. I mean, those are some good teams. Port Clinton was a deep playoff team. Uh, they sit at 17. And crazy thing looking here is Otsego. I think still think they're a good team. They're sitting at eighteen right now, so uh, that's wow. that's kind of shocking that, too. That number there, where do you say they're ranked? Logan fifth. Who's that? Delta, Delta? Six, six. six. That's that's almost more impressive than that. that uh, although the the uh, Van Wert and St. Mary stats. Yeah, Delta <laughs> is currently sixth. There's only four teams in uh, wow. Division uh, Five, Region Eighteen that are still uh, undefeated. You have Liberty Center at one, Coldwater at two. Elmwood at three, and you have Eastwood at four. And I tell you what, I, I can't wait to see the uh, Elmwood-Eastwood matchup in a couple. Mm-hmm. I know it's oh, out of our coverage man, area, man, but yes. but again, um, we said at the beginning of the year, those are easily some of the top teams in, in that region. So um, I'm excited for playoff football already yeah. just looking at this. <laughs> four, so four weeks left. There, there's going to be a lot of good games. But again, Delta's in that tough region. So uh, I think it will say a lot of how Delta does this week against Archbold. But uh, – Again, uh, Delta's proving to uh, be an improved team this year. Yep. Uh, let's go ahead. Uh, another Delta one. 
Uh, Delta is a top, or did we read that one? No. Nope. Delta is a top three team in the NWOL this year. Uh, definitely not one, but maybe top three. So, yeah, I had to, I had to do a double take because there's a lot of Delta ones people sent in. But uh, I mean, I think Delta, we, we were just talking about it. Delta could, could come down and, and knock off a couple teams. I. We'll see. We'll see what Delta's really really about this week. If they if they knock off Archbold, then I I would be, you know, be one of those like look out. Maybe they're yep. yeah. <laughs> there is there's, there's someone not to mess around with. Right? Yeah, they're for real. Um, but they're gonna have to knock off a powerhouse to to really get my attention, um, like Archbold or knock off a PH. And if they knock off Archbold, and and then I think they've if they beat Archbold, I think they can beat Wasion. If they beat Wasion, right. then it's gonna be. They're, you know, they're, in my opinion, they're in the top three right there. Yeah. I, mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it means much as we've talked about Delta here in the last half hour, 45 minutes off and on, you almost forget, which I guess we do, do talk about it occasionally when we talk about Ayersville, but Ayersville and Delta week one game, you look at it on when it happened, you're like, oh, it's kind of a fluke that Delta beat Ayersville. But as the season has gone on, Delta beat Ayersville, and Ayersville <laughs> just seems to be gaining momentum. Right. So yeah. maybe Delta was actually better than what we thought initially. But so. honestly, you, you go back to that point. That that explains why Delta's probably so high. Honestly, that, that game against yes. Ayersville, because yep. Ayersville's four, hey, they have four wins. Yep. You know how many points that's, that's getting Delta points. throughout the, the, yep. the season? I, I mean, that's a lot of thing. computer points right there. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree uh, on your guys' points on that. Um, we're definitely t- – I guess you could say this is the Delta episode Delta. with as much as we've been talking about, but uh, I mean, there's a lot, a lot to talk oh, about and uh, I mean, they're doing well. So um, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next uh, hot take. What are your thoughts on who has the best chance to win a conference title at the halfway point during the season for the NWAL, the GMC, the NWC and the WBL? Um, who wants to start this one? As far if we're just going to take all these conferences as a whole, I think Liberty center by far and away, probably has the uh, best chance uh, to win the, the, their conference. I mean, I don't even see uh, with them beating uh, Archibald last week. I don't, I don't see, and their defense is so dominant right it now is. as well. I, I don't see anybody even coming close to Liberty center in the last four weeks. So I, of all these conferences, I think Liberty center is probably heads and tails above everybody else as conference champion. Yeah, I think that's the only one that you can definitively come up with an answer for. The GMC is just its a nightmare right now, what could happen with that one. I think, in my opinion, Antwerp's probably my front runner for the GMC, just seeing them play and uh, they continue to produce. Yep. But then again, you have Ayersville coming up, so that one could be a tough game. Uh, is you know Even though Ayersville knocked off Edgerton, doesn't mean Edgerton's out of the running, so they could put up a fight against Antwerp. So like, yeah. it's still kind of a nightmare. Right now, Elite is <laughs> they were leading, or I think no, actually, is Wapak leading yes, the WBL? Yes, yeah. So, um, I yeah. would have said, you know, if, if you would have asked us before the Wapakoneta right. and Van Wert game, I would have said Van Wert. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way they were playing, but uh, yeah. I mean, they they lost that game to Wapakoneta. But I almost look at the NWC with um, Allen East right now. I know it's a team that we don't cover as much, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, they have a big game. They well, they beat Columbus Grove, but. I think if they win this week against Lipstick, I think a year clear front runner for conference yeah. title for that is Allen yep. East. I mean, the way they've played against teams um, and they beat Crestview too. So 
I would say I agree with you, Keith, on Liberty Center, or I would say Allen East from the NWC. I think the yep. G- the GMC is too muddy right yep. now. I think you got to wait and see until some some games play out. And I think the WBL is too muddy right now. I know Wapakoneta, I believe, is in first right yeah. now, but it's, again, um, some of those teams just beat up on each other. So, <laughs> and, and we said with, I mean, I, Defiance. Obviously, they're they're not probably going to win the the WBL, but they, they you know. Like, Give Wapakoneta a good run. I mean, the way they're playing yeah. now. So. And, I, and they continue to improve each week. So, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I I would say for me, Allen East um, from the NWC and Liberty Center uh, for the NWA will have the best shots. It's just, just prolonging the Defiance talk that we've had today. But looking at Defiance's schedule, they play at Wapakoneta in week 10. Yeah. So how, how, how <laughs> weird would that be yeah. out of all this, this talk we've had all year if Defiance goes to Wapak in a week 10 matchup for the WBL championship? But what a program-changing win <laughs> I mean, that would be. I mean, yeah. for, for a program that's been struggling the last few yeah. years, if you could go into Wapakoneta week 10, uh, beat a very good Wapakoneta team, and which – at that point, if you beat them, I mean, it would be a share of the title, but still, right, yeah, still, it would be, it would be a if share they would, correct, if they would win, win out. Well, yeah, yeah, because they would have one loss. Yeah. Assuming Wapakoneta wins if, out, if they went, right, yeah. yeah, but, but still, I mean, to to have potentially a playoff berth, a share of a title, and beating a program like Wapakoneta, I I would be crazy and ecstatic to see Defiance do something. I mean, like more that. and more. I mean, the more and more you go back and just eventually you take your mind out of it and you go back and look at Defiance schedule, you're like. Are these games all winnable? I mean, seriously, they, as of right now, on this, when we're taping this on a, a Tuesday night. Like, yeah, yeah. Or actually, well, I was thinking about Defiance. I guess they yeah, do have the lost. Yeah, I was thinking of oh, the same Mary's, Mary's as well. And Van, and Van Wert. That's right. But still, I mean, that yeah. would cause a shakeup. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and in the lead. You know, because, I mean, Van Wert's look, on the outside looking in right now. So they right. need somebody to knock off yep. Wapakoneta. And, and I don't know what their schedule is, but, I mean, they're playing, obviously, the other WLBL teams. But, yep. um, yeah, that could be uh, that could be one of those. Can we come down the stretch and be like, oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I forgot. Yeah, Defiance does have two losses. So Yeah, I, I like that. That's a good hot take. Um, Very good. But let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, Patrick Henry varsity defense, again, has only given up seven points all year. And when they sent this, again, was in all caps because um, they sent this the other week, too. Um, because I, I think I, t- I talked about uh, how they, they've actually given up more than seven points, but I believe that was when the JV was in. So according to them, oh. their varsity has only given up seven points all year. But regardless, besides, besides that, I know last week, I think they were only giving up five and a half points per game. Well, they gave up eight against, I'm looking at their schedule, eight against Hicksville uh, in the loss to Columbus Grove. They gave up seven. Which that would have probably been their varsity um, right. seven yeah. points. Right. They gave up seven points to Swanton in the 40 to, 40 to seven there. So that could have been the second teamers too. But Yeah, I mean, that's another defense that deserves a lot. I know we talk about Liberty Center's defense, but uh, again, to – only give up seven points all year for, from the varsity standpoint. Right. That's impressive. And we ta- we touched a little bit on it last week. Um, PH just continues to win. I, I mean, I, I would say using a comparison last week when Tony pointed out that Ayersville is kind of one of those teams that is kind of laying back, as, as we said earlier in, in, the, in the segment. Um, like Patrick Henry is one of those teams that you – you just don't hear much about. It's, it's not. Their coach has been there for three decades, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. um, 
talented crew around him, but they're they're just doing it the right way. They're just going about their business. As we said the last couple of weeks, every single Friday night they show up to work, they come in, they win, they restart everything on Monday, and you just don't hear much about them. They just kind of quietly just going about their season, just knocking everybody off, and their defense shows up, and it's – Probably not as good as Liberty Center. I, w- I would guess not. I haven't seen stats and numbers, but yeah, I uh, think I mean, the level of hard. competition. I, I think Liberty Center's played some tougher yep. teams Correct. to start, yep. and uh, they, they've their performances have fared a little bit better. But again, like if you're Patrick Henry, if I'm a player on the team, I'm almost liking playing in that spot where you're, people yeah, aren't talking correct. about you like because you're right. gonna some of these games are gonna come yep. up, and I think Patrick Henry's gonna shock yep. s- some people with. Uh, I mean, I think they. I'm not saying they would win against Liberty Center, but I think they, I mean, they could have the possibility mm-hmm. and capability of an upset. Yeah, so I agree with you, Logan. Yeah, that's something. Uh, so keep your eye out for Patrick Henry, or maybe don't keep your eye out. I mean, <laughs> maybe they want to sneak up on some teams. Yeah. So Coach Inselman, I mean, like, knows what he's doing. Been there for 30-some, I believe, 30-some years. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I believe I, Coach Inselman's probably probably got one of some of the most coaching experience around. I think because I know he he's been at Patrick Henry forever, but right. he had a little stint where I think he retired. Yeah, it was probably a decade or so ago. Yeah, I but I mean but, he's back again, yep. and uh, I think him and probably Coach Kraus from Tenora are probably two of the longer tenured, tenured correct, coaches yep. around the area. So a lot of experience there, and uh, Coach I definitely knows what he's doing yeah, over there in uh, Patrick Henry. Very valid point, Logan. I mean, like you said, Patrick Henry just. Kind of lays back, lets the first front runners, Liberty Center and Archibald, take all the publicity, and we just carry our lunch pail to work every day. Yep, <laughs> step by step. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's I. I think Patrick Henry. Um, like I said, I'd like to see him play some teams. I I think the Delta matchup uh, again, um, even Archibald and Liberty Center. I'm I'm excited to see how they fare against them. Let's look at the next hot take here. Um, Columbus Grove takes another loss within the next two weeks. Uh, they play Lipsick this week and Crestview next week. Um, chances of that, I I would say, are pretty pretty high. Um, we saw Columbus Grove drop a couple games in the last uh, last few weeks. I know they lost uh, to Allen East seven nothing, then a heartbreaker. Um, Allen East scored in the fourth quarter, but I'm this matchup of Columbus Grove and Lipsick. I am really interested That's, in. Yep, I right. think uh, two teams. I believe are they both three and two. I believe yeah, three and two yep. coming into this game. Um, Lipsick still hasn't played uh, Allen East yet, so I mean this this could still be potentially on the line for NWC championship. So uh, for for at least uh, Lipsick, but again, I think you kind of feel out and see how good these teams are. I know Columbus Grove's been struggling right now. Lipsick played a couple tough teams to start the year. I know they played Liberty Benton, um, but again, uh, thoughts on this hot take? I mean, that was one of the tougher games of the week that we, we picked. Um, and I left it blank for a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's literally that's one of those games. It's kind of going to be a toss-up, I think, and uh, just depends on who shows up Friday night, really. Yeah, I would say that uh, Columbus Grove's best chance of a loss would be this week to Lipsick. Crestview started out hot three and zero. They're kind of sliding back a little bit here. So, um. and actually, I'm I'm looking at this right now. I believe. Uh, let me look. Columbus Grove and, well, never mind. I, I took it back. Columbus Grove beat Pandora Gilboa, but Lipsick lost to Pandora Gilboa. I was going to say both their losses, they both have losses against Liberty Benton, but uh, the loss that Lipsick had against Liberty Benton was only by three points compared to uh, Columbus Grove's, which they lost to Liberty Benton 13-24. to 24. So 
I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how that game uh, ends up, but I think Lipsick has a legitimate shot at beating Columbus yep. Grove this week. I, I mean, they have a lot of good athletes, the Hayden Heigl, and uh, I think, I don't know, I think their their chances are pretty high. So, AJ, you have any thoughts on this game? No, I was actually kind of scrolling back and forth, looking at the schedules here to see, kind of compare, uh, like you said, Pandora Gilboa was kind of the one that was like, okay, Columbus Grove beat uh, Pandora Gilboa. Lipsick lost to him, so I I don't know. It's still going to be tight because week one is always kind of rough. Both teams are kind of finding their place, mm-hmm. so like it's hard to judge based on a week one game where teams are. Um, but, you know, it's it's going to be a good game this week. That's for sure. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the next hot take. Um, let's look. With Delta and Patrick Henry still on the schedule for Liberty Center, which team has the best chance to upset them? Oh, that's Pretty good thought there. Ask me this next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I really do. I want to see how Delta plays against Archbold. That'll give me a, a true tell, I think, of what Delta's really capable of. If, if answering this question this week, I think PH has the best chance of beating them. Like Keith said, they're just kind of um, quietly going through their uh, going through their schedule, and and uh, I think when PH plays Liberty Center, I mean, that could that could be a game. Yeah, I, I think, too, I think Patrick Henry has improved this year. Um, you know, last year they I feel like they had a younger team for the most part, but you give it another year for Nash Meyer to develop, another year for Landon Johnson yep. to develop. Um, they have the, the Bearman kid, this very good wide receiver. Their defense is playing lights out this year as well. Um, I would I would have to go with Patrick Henry. Again, kind of like you, Tony, I said, if, if Telta pulls off a win against Archville this week, I'm – Ask me next week. I mean, <laughs> right. that, that may change my yeah. mind, but uh, I like I like that point. So, going with one of our previous uh, hot takes here with Patrick Henry's defense, uh, might be the kind of the clash of the defenses in that that game. Right. So we'll uh, see who comes out. Still think Liberty Center is going to pull it off, but you know, could could be one of those ones that shocks people. Yep, absolutely. All right, next hot take. Uh, this one's pretty interesting. Running back Brandon Edwards from Tenora would have put Tenora over the edge to beat Antwerp last week if he would have played. So uh, which one of you guys wants to start this hot take? We kind of discussed it a little bit earlier when we were talking about the game. Like I said, I don't know that it changes the, the outcome, but it definitely would have changed Antwerp's um, game plan and their their scheme that they would have had to deal with. And it, I think it would have helped uh, – Tenora, not like I said, not only offensively but defensively, putting Brandon back there. Yeah, which and, Graziani played pretty well on on defense. Yeah, in yeah, his place, absolutely. So, but Brandon just adds an extra layer uh, to offense and defense that they were missing last week. So, right, like, like you said, Tony, doesn't make a difference as far as the outcome of the game. Other than if you take the whole game as one, that last drive, I would say probably uh, maybe he could have been a difference maker. Uh, but, but but again, hats off again to Dallas Dockenhaus, who who you know basically carried the Rams on his back for uh, four quarters. So yeah, you know I, I look at that hot take and I think and I believe Tenor didn't have any points in the first half, did they? Yeah, no, no. it's fourteen. You know, half. if Brandon could pop off a couple of his big runs that we see, I mean, maybe it gives Tenor one extra score going into half, and right. you know, coming out of halftime and uh, uh, Dockenhaus tore it up too. But I mean. If Brandon just could have helped pop in a couple longer uh, explosive plays, who knows? I mean, I, it's hard to say because obviously right. he wasn't there. But yeah. 
I almost think that if he would have played, just his offensive presence would have helped uh, just in the rushing game, maybe pop something, create a spark early in the, early in the first half where, where their offense couldn't get anything going. Uh, and yeah, you put up three points uh, with, with a field goal from Bishop, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that could be the game changer. I mean, not comparing uh, Brandon Edwards to Barry Sanders by any means, but right. when Barry Sanders got the ball – he could literally take a distance anytime where Brandon's at the high school level, kind of the same way. You never know what's going to happen when the ball's in his hands. Yeah. Like he can instantly be gone for 75 yards just like that. So, but it's water over the bridge and or under the bridge, I guess water under the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and, and Edwards is definitely a, a force to be reckoned with. You know, he does a great job, but um, I mean, I think that we talked about a little bit. I think the, difference in that game was Sonora not being able to get off the field on third down yeah I mean they did a great job stuffing them and and not only third down guys it was a lot of third longs I mean they had a third and 15 third and 16 um, third and 14 and a bunch of third and longs and you know we were getting there and stuffing them on the runs they were stopping them in backfield and then Ultimus would just pink and there's you know and they got to help with the penalty once uh got them a first down third down third long so um just Sonora couldn't get off the field defensively and and whether Brandon's there or not, that doesn't make any difference in that part. <laughs> no. Yeah. And and we talked about it, too, uh, with the Liberty Center-Archbold game, like looking at the comparison of third-down conversions of Archbold compared to Liberty Center. Right. And, I mean, that was significant. And and I'm willing to bet I didn't see the s- specific stats from the Tenora-Antwerp right. game, but I'm willing to bet that Antwerp's was a lot higher than Tenora's. <laughs> and and yeah. I think going forward for Tenora, um, I feel like that's somewhere that they need to improve on. Like I said, we've talked yep. about that week in and yep. week out. Like those are just killers, especially you get third and long and you give up a, either a penalty or a big play and it just keeps the drive alive. And uh, we've seen that week in and week out from Tenora. But I know in college we had specific periods where we would go in and we would practice. We'd designate time aside. We'd go in and work those money downs, those third down conversions, because they're huge in a game, especially your big games like that. So if, I, if I'm Tenora going forward, I would really spend some time on some third down conversions you know practice your third and shorts your third and longs and, and get a good game plan down for that is same offensively and defensively so let's go ahead let's look at the next hot take here airsville wins the gmc so uh aj do you want to start that one <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mentioned it already uh last weekend again today that airsville is a sleeper team there's a very good shot that they could end up pulling out the gmc if they can beat air uh, antwerp i mean they've got it in my opinion, uh, they, they handedly beat Edgerton, which we thought at the beginning of the year, Antwerp and Edgerton was going to be the deciding factor in the GMC. But to see Ayersville step up there and and take that away from Edgerton, I, I think Edgerton's got a or uh, sorry, Ayersville's got a good shot at potentially winning the GMC this year. Yeah, they have uh, Tenora, Antwerp, and Wayne Trace kind of towards the end there. Fairview is their final game, but, yeah, like A.J. said, no, there's really nobody in the area playing better than Ayersville right now. Yeah. I, I, you know, do they do they win it? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they win it, but um, I tell you what, I'd like to be a fly on the wall at the Ayersville-Antwerp game, but uh, <laughs> that would be a good one to go watch. Uh, I, I think, too, it's all going to come down to, I mean, their, their defense is playing pretty well, but – it's if uh, Blake Honstein, the quarterback from Ayersville, can continue to play efficient and not turn the ball over. I think, I think yeah, that's going to be the determining factor if Ayersville is GMC champs because when he's playing and he's on, he's on. I mean, yeah. we saw that game against Edgerton, and uh, he contributed to the defensive side of the ball too. So right. 
Um, I think he's going to be the X factor for Ayersville going forward. And oh, absolutely. If, if he plays well and he can c- control the offense and uh, contribute on defense, I think that will make all the difference. Because we know Burner, he's going to be consistent yeah. week in and week out. But um, we know what Hanstein's capable of. So um, I think I think that will be the big determining factor for Ayersville. Yeah, I think Antwerp's going to have a tough time stopping Ayersville's run game. I really do. Yeah. With you, you got yeah, to double. You got to double, yeah. double. You know, you, you always talk about cutting the head off the snake. Well. When you got Hanstein running for 100 yards and you got Burner running for over 100 yards, uh, and I know they have other running backs too, it's kind of tough. It, it, I think, um, you know, I think Antwerp's going to struggle there a little bit, especially um, with Tenora kind of exposing some of the weaknesses right. on the, the, their uh, yeah. run defense. We we ran close to 200 yards against our defense, and our offense is one dimensional. So they they basically had 10 guys at the line of scrimmage most of the game. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, very, very valid point. And I think any time, especially at the high school level, that you can get your quarterback that he's he's two-dimensional, he can run and pass, I think that's tough to stop at the high school level. Yep. Um, just because your your game plan, you're not just planning, oh, well, you're playing someone like Tenor who's going to run the ball a million times a game. I mean, you you have to be balanced in your schematics, and you can't dial in on just uh, one type of play or mm-hmm. one type of scheme. I mean, there's multiple formations, there's multiple – plays that you can run out of them and uh you know the quarterback can do one you can do a couple things so it's it's it's, you it's not like a typical offense where the quarterback just throws all the balls and it's not it's not like a uh eden offense per se for the passing side of things so um again uh looking at airsville i mean i i'm excited to see the airsville and antwerp game but again before that we have uh, Tenora in Ayersville, yeah. so yeah, next mean, week you yeah. can't you definitely can't overlook a po- opponents coming into conference play. So not at all. All right, let's look at the last hot take here. Is the Antwerp Edgerton game still going to decide the GMC? Tony, you want to start this one? <laughs> well, we just talked about Ayersville. I mean, that's a, that's kind of what leads into that. We mentioned at the beginning of the year that we thought you know Week Ten Antwerp and Edgerton they're going to be playing and and um is that you know that we've kind of thought that maybe that was going to be the deciding factor in the gmc with we just talked about airsville so it don't, i mean tenor is still there i mean tenor's not hasn't gone anywhere yet i mean everybody could walk out there yeah, with a loss absolutely, i mean yeah. so um but i think it really comes down i mean we'll kind of see tenor this week against wayne trace and, and wayne trace is no slouch either but that ain't where game at the end I, I at this point i don't know i don't know if it still decides the gmc it um, like I said, we'll get to see a, a good side of that when we see Ayersville play Tenor next week. Yep. Yeah, I, I think it could still potentially decide the GMC. Um, not so much whether Edgerton's going to be the one winning it or not, um, but whether or not Antwerp will secure the win. Because uh, if Antwerp comes in there still undefeated in the conference and Edgerton puts a you know a loss on them, Team like Ayers or Tenora could still potentially be splitting that title, right. so it, it really right. could be the deciding factor on uh, <laughs> who ends up with the title, whether it's single handedly has a title or right. whether they split it. Which, which is funny, as AJ just kind of dissected all that. We were actually in one of our breaks, like kind of adding all this up if we could have a four way tie at the end of the year. <laughs> so it's it's. Should not sure, but it's it's definitely going to get like we said. We were talking about the you know who has the best chance to win the conference title. The GMC is is uh, super messy right now. And one thing, in our opinion, one thing we kind of talked about too is either Edgerton or Tenora. Definitely one of those two was going to end up with two losses and be out of the the talk. Yep. Um, So when they played each other, um, but again, it doesn't mean even if Edgerton would end up with two losses, doesn't mean their game against Antwerp 
doesn't still determine what goes on in the GMC. Right. So, yeah, I think uh, those are all great points. I don't have anything else to add. I mean, you guys hit it all right <laughs> on the money. So, uh, let's go ahead. Let's get into week six game predictions here. Um, we'll go ahead and I'll start off here. Delta four and one at Archbold four and one. Uh, big game here in NWAL play. We talked about this game and matchup multiple times throughout yep. the podcast. But again, uh, Delta is much improved, and I, I just don't think they have quite enough yet to be a good Archbold team. I know Archbold's coming off a loss against Liberty Center, but I definitely think Coach Dominic's going to have the Blue Streaks rebound. I think Archbold's end up victorious in this one. I'm taking Archbold. I'm with you, Logan. As you said, we talked about this game quite a few times. Uh, really nothing more to be said. Taking Archbold. Yep, going with Archbold. Uh, Delta fans, I'm sorry, but uh, like I said earlier, I think uh, Archibald coming off the loss is going to take care of things, so I, I went with Archibald this week. And Bryce had Archibald, and uh, I don't know that there's a bigger Archibald fan out of all of us than Bryce, because I think Bryce is going to pick Archibald the rest of the season, so uh, Bryce is on your side, Archibald fans. Let's look at the next game. Evergreen 2-3 and three at Wasion 3-2. and two. Um, I think this game has the potential to get it's, interesting. It's intriguing. It really I, I, I looked at this game a little bit. Um, I, I ended up going Wasion. But, again, uh, Evergreen is another team that's greatly improved, especially with Coach Karchner this year, and uh, they have some really good athletes over there. Um, I, I, I don't know. This one, like Keith said, it's intriguing. But uh, I think at the end of the day, Wasion comes away with a win. I just think the pure talent that Wasion has is going to be too much for Evergreen. So I'm yeah. going the Wasion Indians. Yeah, in we, we've said that all year about Wasion. They're very talented, but then they're three and two. Obviously, made a change at quarterback last week for, with uh, Trey Parsons coming in. So yep. um, Coach Moore just trying to ignite the offense over there at Wasion, but uh, taking the Indians. Yeah, going with uh, Wasion here. I just I think. Uh, you know, three and two, one of their losses to Liberty Center. So, like, I don't necessarily worry so much about that one. The one, the loss that I see that worries me a little bit for Wasion is Tenora. Losing to Tenora kind of is like a, whoa, what happened there? Um, but, you know, that was also early in the season. Yep. Things have definitely changed since then. So, uh, I think Wasion is going to be riding high for a little bit here. You know, I just I went back and looked at this, just just curiosity, killing the cat. You know, Wasion's win were, was against Fairview, against Napoleon, who's not doing well this year, and against Swanton. That's their three wins. Uh, that's even a little more disturbing than their, it's their two losses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the center. Correct. Um, so, I mean, they've, they're beating the teams they should beat. Now Now that I see that, I'm almost like, ready to, uh, do I want to change my pick? But um, I think uh, Keith said a little bit earlier, I think um, – with the change of quarterback, Wasion's going to be able to handle it. So I'm going with the Indians. Yeah, Tony, I think that's a very interesting point that you brought up. And, you know, maybe you bring that up and they, they're playing at, at Evergreen instead of Wasion. Maybe yeah. I changed my pick then. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe that's just enough playing at home field advantage that, that puts Evergreen over. But uh, I still think uh, Wasion, I think they're they're starting to figure things out. They made a switch at quarterback with Trey Parsons, and uh, he had a pretty good performance last yeah. week. But uh, Bryce ended up going Wasion as well, so Wasion across the board from everyone. Next game, Swanton one and four at Liberty Center five and zero. Oh. Um, 
I don't even think this one's close. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Swan, but Liberty Center, I've seen them play against Sonora. We saw them handle Archbold. Uh, I think Liberty Center wins big, and I think this game is called at halftime. I'm going Liberty Center. Yeah, not much to talk about this one. Going with Tigers. Yeah, 40-0 uh, to zero would be my guess, somewhere in that ballpark here. Uh, Liberty Center is going to take care of business like they should, so yep. Liberty Center. I go with L.C., and Bryce went Liberty Center. Liberty Center for all of us. Next game, Patrick won 4-1 and one at Brian 2-3. and three. This one is another game. Um, I thought, Keith, go ahead. No, go ahead, Logan. You probably, I probably took the words from your mouth. Oh, this, no, no, This, no. again, yeah. is like one of those intriguing matchups. It's, yep. At the end of our night, if we're given the scores and you see Brian beat Patrick Henry, are we going to be that surprised? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I, no, no, no. Yeah. You hit it right on the money, and I, I, I like to hear everyone's take, and – I think Brian, I mean, they're coming off a tough loss to Delta last week. And like you said, Keith, we looked at the, the score at halftime. Right. We were kind of shocked at first because we thought Brian was getting on a roll. You know, yes. I thought yeah. we thought they would have came away with a win at Delta. But uh, I still think uh, Patrick Henry with Nash Meyer, Landon Johnson, and crew, I, I think they're going to handle business again. And uh, they're going to go to work and come out with a win. So I'm going Patrick Henry. Uh, taking the Pats. Yeah, I'm going with Patrick Henry as well. Yeah, I, you said it, Logan. I think Patrick Henry's defense has been pretty stingy, and I think they've got it. So, PH. And Bryce had Patrick Henry as well. Next game, Tenora 3-2 and two at Wayne Trace 2-3. and three. And uh, we know Tenora are probably better than anyone else and are the biggest critics. But, uh, again, um, Tenora had a game where they competed with Antwerp last week. But uh, Wayne, Trace, uh, Wayne Trace is coming away uh, with a win last week against uh, Hicksville. But, I think Wayne Trace still has too many questions on the offensive side of the ball. That that's the big point for me. I know their defense is playing well. Um, their def- Wayne Trace's defense can create turnovers, um, but again, I, I think at the end of the day, similar to what Tenora is, their offense is struggling. You got to put points on the board, and uh, I think Tenora has just enough. Um, we're still waiting to f- hear if Brandon's coming back this week, which that could be a big factor too. Yep. Um, but regardless. Um, I, I'm picking Tenora, and I think they come out with a win against Wayne Trace. Yeah, taking the Rams. Uh, Wayne Trace, again, one of those quarterbacks, multi-talented, um, but taking the Rams. I'm going to say this not to jinx the Rams or anything like that, but to bring awareness to the fact they need to make sure they're keeping control of the ball this week. The Rams haven't really had a huge issue with turnovers. Uh, this year they've, they've been doing pretty well uh, like i said i don't want to jinx that but i Too also want to bring the <laughs> Too late. bring the attention to that you better find <laughs> some wood to knock on right now aj dude you, don't you know how they do that in football games like, I oh, do. this guy has missed do. a field goal in 725 tri- oh, well. <laughs> not to not to prolong the point perfect example they put up the, the browns starting 2 and 0 and ran this graphic the last time the browns were 2 and 0 gas was this price and all this stuff and then three minutes later i'm sitting in my my chair like this like what just happened so when was the last time i started two and like in the 70s 1993 (laughs) yeah and and i think i saw that i know it's browns and nfl but i saw the browns had a 99 percent chance to win the game like like in the fourth quarter i think and they went blew it but 99.9 percent. yes so knock on the woody sorry yeah no it's it's one of those things like i said they've They've got to continue to hold the, you know, control the ball. They can't let this week be the week that costs them that because, like we said, Wayne Trace has a tendency to cause turnovers. Uh, so it's more of just like bring awareness to the fact that that's a possibility. Uh, so anybody that's listening to this from Tenora, 
make sure you hold on to the football. Yeah. I think, I think Sonora is going to take care of business this week at, against Wayne Trace. I think they're going to get back. They're going to be all over the quarterback again. They're going to be putting pressure on them. So I think Tenora's going to take this one. And Bryce had Tenora as well. Looking at the next game, Fairview 0 and 5 at Antwerp 5 and 0. Um, similar to the Liberty Center SWAT game, I think this game is over at halftime. Uh, Antwerp is very efficient. Um, their defense impressed me last week as well. Um, I'm going the Antwerp Archers, and uh, I think there's no looking back. Yeah, definitely. Coach Hale and the Archers all the way. Yeah, Antwerp's got this one. Yeah, Fairview can't. They're not going to run with them. Antwerp. And, and Bryce had Antwerp as well. So Antwerp across the board. Next game, Hicksville 0 5 at Ayersville 4 and 1. Uh, another game, Hicksville's been struggling this year. Um, again, same with Fairview and Hicksville. I mean, one of these weeks where you're hoping for a win for them, but <laughs> I, I don't think this week's uh, the week for Hicksville. I'm going the Pilots. And uh, again, I think they win big. Yeah, again, not much discussion here. Ayersville should, uh, should handily uh, win this one. Yeah, just kind of looking at the uh, the GMC matchups this week. It, Tenora Wayne Trace is really the one that matters. Uh, Ayersville is playing Hicksville. I, I think Ayersville is going to handily win that one, and we'll kind of talk about the next game here in a minute. But it just seems like it's Tenora and Wayne Trace is the only one that's kind of like, eh, it could go either way. Yep. Uh, the rest of the GMC is like handily like, yeah, this is definitely going to be the winner. So I'm going Pilots. Uh, I picked the Pilots also. The only thing I'm worried about is – you know, Ayersville getting um, looking ahead. I, I don't think Hicksville is going to compete with them, but Ayersville looking ahead a little yeah. bit, getting uh, get ahead of themselves, looking at Tenora, did not take care of business, and ended up like we talked about, ended up making you know some stupid turnovers or right. or a block yeah. punt or you know something something crazy happening. Yep. And um, but I think Ayersville's taking it. I got Ayersville picked. And Bryce had Ayersville as well. Ayersville from all of us. Next game, Edgerton four and one at Paulding one and four. Um, I think Edgerton bounces back this week after a loss to Ayersville. But, uh, again, I think I think Paulding hangs around in this game. Uh, we've seen him pl- hang around in other games in the past, but uh, I think Edgerton ends up with a victory and a win in the win column. But uh, don't count out Paulding. I think they I think they at least put up a couple scores on them. I'm right with you, Logan. Every, every game that we see, other than I think one, for Paulding, they're always right, not they're close, but – you know, if we saw the final was twenty-seven to fourteen, I mean, at, with with Edgerton winning, obviously, would would we be shocked? Probably not. But uh, and Paulding put up a couple of scores uh, against Ayersville yeah, too, they did. I believe. Yeah. So and even my my one friend said Paulding's not actually as bad as what the record is. So, yeah. um, but I'm I'm taking Edgerton. Coach Lego should have the boys bounce back this week. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Edgerton here as well. Yep, Edgerton for me. And Bryce had Edgerton too. Uh, next game, Alida four and one at Defiance three and two. Um, again, who would have ever thought Defiance would have been three and two uh, at the halfway point of the year? But uh, the time has come, and uh, I think Defiance is going to pull out a win this week. You know, uh, word on the street is Alida still without their starting quarterback. Alida's uh, coming off a loss to Salina. Um, Defiance is playing very well right now. Um, they're coming off uh, another win. I think that's what they need in the program. They need mm-hmm. some momentum. They need to ride that wave. Again, they have a couple good running backs in Craig Nichols and Brogan Castillo. You know, they have the efficient passing offensive attack. You know, you have Brez Zipfel, um, Anthony Wilder at wide receiver, uh, Christian Camaso as tight end, uh, catching a uh, touchdown or two. Um, and then on defense, they're playing well. Um, but I'm going the Bulldogs on this one. Uh, I think they, they beat the 4-1-1 Elida team. Yeah, and you nailed all the bulletin points again, Logan. Um, 
Fiance has nice backfield, two decent running backs, good quarterback, taking the Bulldogs. Yeah, back-to-back uh, Bulldog picks here. <laughs> uh, going with Defiance as well as Edgerton there. Yeah, I'd, um, I was actually on the fence on this one until you told me the Elida lost her starting quarterback. So I, I believe that's the word on the street is yeah. he was with, so, he was out against Salina, and I'm assuming he's out this week. But, but I, I agree with you. I think Defiance is playing well, so I picked Defiance. Well, the only person going against the grain is uh, good old Bryce. So, Defiance fans, uh, <laughs> Bryce is going against you. So. Remember, he's an Archibald fan. He's not a, yeah, big Archibald guy for yeah. Bryce. So, But uh, Bryce is the only one that went a light of that game. Next game, Napoleon 1-4 at Maumee, 0-5. Uh, Maumee's been struggling this year. They've been struggling the last few years. Um, I think Napoleon, they have enough to get it done. Uh, I think they win handedly. Uh, I'm going Napoleon on this one. I think Coach Swery gets his second victory, taking the Wildcats. Uh, Napoleon for me. Yep. Cats for me. And Bryce had Napoleon as well. Next game, Van Wert 4-1 at Ottawa Glendorf 1-4. Uh, we know OG is just not having the year that they usually do in football. Um, they've been struggling. They finally got their first win. But, again, Van Wert is just lights out lately, and uh, I think Van Wert wins big this game. They put up 70 points last week. I don't know that they necessarily put up that many this week um, just because of potential for a running clock. So uh, I'm going Van Wert, and I think they win big. This is a hell of a game last year. This year, uh, Cougars should uh, have this with no problems. Van Wert's going to – yeah, they're going to walk away with this one a little bit. So Van Wert. Yep, Van Wert for me. And Bryce had Van Wert, too. So Van Wert from all of us. Next game. Uh, this one was another interesting game, and we've talked about this one a couple mm-hmm. times. And uh, I know uh, I know Tony was on the fence on this one. We talked about it. But I was, too. I sat there, and I thought. But uh, I really looked at Fort Loramie. I looked at some of the teams they play. They play a lot of schools down in, in the MAC area. Um, again, I think Eden's still – young and has some inexperience on their team um they're continuing to improve don't get me wrong but i think uh fort loramie has enough to pull it out uh i'm going fort loramie with the win in this game excellent point slogan um yeah this is a very good game for coach olin and the blue bombers um taking eden i just kind of went with eden because they're in the coverage area really it's going to be a good game to watch uh if you're if you make it down there but i'm just gonna go with eden um yeah i was really on the fence slogan and i I, I picked Eden, but I think you know the the long drive to Fort Laramie might be uh, could be a factor in this game. It's a long bus ride down there, and so um, hoping the Bombers can pull it off. And Bryce went Fort Laramie, so the Bailey boys going Fort Laramie on that one. <laughs> uh, next game, Northwood two and three at Hilltop one and four. So um, I I don't think I don't think Hilltop can has enough to get it done. I know they have a win this year. And that was awesome to see their break yep. their uh, their losing streak. But again, Northwood, uh, they're coming in at two and three, a couple wins. You know, a program that typically does pretty decent in football. Um, I think Northwood's going to pull out this one, so I'm going Northwood. Yeah, it'd be nice to to see Hilltop get their second victory, but uh, taking Northwood. Uh, yeah, Northwood as well. I'm taking the cadets at home, baby. I think Hilltop comes away <laughs> with number two. Uh, all I can think about is when you picked Hilltop. For their first win, you were the only one that nailed it against North Baltimore. So, uh, 
Uh, I, awesome. for, for Hilltop's sake, I mean, I hope they win, but for our <laughs> sake and, and me trying to catch up on some wins here, I'm crossing yeah. my fingers and uh, I'm hoping Northwood goes uh, gets the win. But uh, Bryce had Northwood as well. So Tony going against the grain. He was the only one that had Hilltop. Next game, Montpelier 1-4 at St. Joseph Central Catholic 1-4. Um, again, I uh, had to do a little bit of research on the St. Joseph Central Catholic. Uh, I kind of looked at them and did a little bit of research, but I think uh, Montpelier, I think they're going to have enough to get it done. Um, some of the quality of wins that St. Joseph had kind of worried me, but uh, I think uh, Montpelier and Coach Robinson, I think they get their second win of the season. You stole my words, Logan. Uh, taking Montpelier, taking Locos. Yep, going with the locomotives. Uh, I went against locomotives here. I, <laughs> I don't think they get their second win. Uh, I think St. Joseph uh, gets their second win here. So we'll see. Got to got to go a little Co- bit Coach different. Fellow trying to take he, first five. Yeah, I was going to say he's trying to jump us right now. I, I gotta, see a strategy. Got to go a little different, fellows. We can't all pick the same, right? And you know, sometimes guys, honest to God, I pick different just because. It's just so we, if we all pick the same, what fun is that? So yeah, right, right. It you, makes it fun. If you if you hit the if you hit the little scratch off there on the one on the one game, like woohoo! I got the, <laughs> like I remember sitting there last week and we when we was reading off the scores in that Delta game. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go Delta. Yeah, these are always fun picking these games but uh bryce said montpelier too so uh tony again going going against everyone else so tony versus the world <laughs> let's look at the next game north central three and two at lebanon new dixie and again i had to look up where in the world this was and <laughs> and i believe if i remember right tony you said it was like west of dayton yeah west of dayton uh they're own five uh again uh they're struggling uh, but North Central is doing very well, and the man, the myth, the legend, Joey Burt, is uh, running over people, literally. I saw highlights of him uh, last game, and he was trucking people, trucking <laughs> people, blocking people, throwing people all over the floor, and are all over the field. Uh, I'm going North Central. I think they win big this game. Uh, I'm with you, Logan. Take it North Central. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, North Central go 4-2 and two here, so North Central. Yep, North Central as well. And Bryce said North Central. Next and, and really, really quick, and again, yeah. a shout out to the to the school system over there for taking North Central to all these far off oh, places, yeah, and bringing people in from pl- far yeah, off places great. to play. It really is. I mean, you know, being like we talked about a hundred times, startup team, and you have to, you know, everybody else around here, their schedule is kind of full. So, to, in order to get yourself into somebody else's schedule, right. you kind of <laughs> kind of wait a little bit until they. And, and that's the thing, North Central doesn't have a conference. They're right. they're the Notre Dame of Northwest Ohio. <laughs> they're they're independent. So, I mean, yeah. you're gonna have to look far and wide to find some of these schools because I know a lot of schools in Northwest Ohio. They have contracts, and they, they have these games right. set up years in yep. advance. Yep. So, uh, I mean, that's something that North Central, which I assume within the next couple of years will probably get get to play some some other local schools, but yeah. I think it just takes time. So. I think somebody told me that they, they do, like, two-year contracts. Yeah. I think we usually it's home and away. Yeah. Yeah, do a home and away, and then they make another decision to yeah, keep it's it. It's almost around. like the Buckeye Border Conference would be, like, a perfect yeah. fit for yeah. them, you know. Unless there's some kind of fallout, then it's a, yeah, a one-game type deal. <laughs> right. Yeah, which I know that's happened yeah. before. I won't name any yeah, schools, but I definitely correct. know that's happened around the area. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's look at the next game. Uh, Lipsick 3-2 and two at Columbus Grove 3-2. and two. And this is going to be the Northwest Ohio Sports Game of the Week. And we talked about this game. I think it's this is probably, honestly, that's why it's the Northwest Ohio Sports Game of the Week. It's probably the probably the best matchup here. I think you're going to find out a lot about Lipsick and a lot about Columbus Grove. And uh I, I I thought hard and long about this one. I went back and forth, but I think Lipsick 
is going to pull it off. You know, I kind of compared their losses. They both played Liberty Benton. Um, I just like the way Lipsick came out and played against them a little more. Um, but I'm going the Lipsick Vikings on this one. And a matchup of two top ten teams here in our ranking. Top seven, actually, I think. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I took Columbus Grove, but I wouldn't be surprised if Lipsick won whatsoever. <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of made my decision based on that Pandora-Gilboa kind of matchup uh, with Columbus Grove coming out on top, Lipsick losing to Pandora-Gilboa. That's another matchup, so, yeah. So, yep, I'm, I'm going with Columbus Grove here. Just And, and I know it's, a, it's an early season you know, matchup they had that may or may not even carry some weight, but uh, I got I got to go with Columbus Grove. And I literally took Columbus Grove because they're playing at home. That's, that's, right. that's a tough <laughs> place that's to win. I mean, to me, it was well. literally a flip of a coin, yeah. and I'm like, well, CG's playing at home. Let's go with Columbus Grove. Yep. And Bryce had Columbus Grove too. But if you guys remember, well, or or not know, but last year Lipsick had Columbus Grove on the ropes, and I believe like Columbus Grove had to score like 28 consecutive points. Because they were down twenty eight to nothing at really? one point, I believe it was something like that. Don't quote me exactly, oh, but hang on, I'm gonna change my pick. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that that was last year, right? But uh, I mean, Lipsick Lipsick knows how to compete, and uh, their head coach over there is pretty good, and he knows what he's doing. So uh, that's that's the reason I liked Lipsick. I mean, Lipsick had him on the ropes last year. I think they finally get it this year, but. Uh, I was the only one that went against everyone else. So hopefully uh, Lipsick helped me out here, and uh, I need a, need another win to jump some of these guys. Awesome. So let's look at the next game. Bluffton 3-2 and two at Crestview 3-2. and two. And uh, this is another game I kind of looked and uh, thought about it. Uh, I know Crestview has been struggling lately, but uh, I think Crestview, they rebound this week. I think they get on, back on the right path, and I think they get a big win over a 3-2 and two Bluffton team. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm – yeah, Crestview. I, I took Crestview, but I wouldn't be surprised if Bluffton won. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Crestview said started out 3-0, like a house of fire, state ranked, and all of a sudden kind of back-to-back setbacks, a little bit of heartbreaking losses there. And But I, I took the Knights. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping to see Crestview right the ship a little bit here coming in the midpoint of the season and, and get rolling again here. So I'm going with Crestview. Uh, again, I I think these two teams were again it was literally a flip of a coin, and I I kind of agree with AJ there. I think Crestview gets the things going again this weekend, so I went with Crestview. And of course, they're at home. So. Yeah, that too. I I still think home field advantage plays yeah. su- such oh, a big yes. role yeah, in definitely. in whatever. I mean, yep. if if you're neck and neck for a game, I think that's always a determining factor to kind of who's got the little bit of an advantage. Yep. So uh, Bryce had Crestview too, so Crestview from all of us. Couple ma- eight man games here. Fort Wayne Crusaders 4-0 at Holgate 3-1. So a rematch, and we were talking about how 8-man plays uh, plays their conference opponents twice. Uh, Fort Wayne got them pretty good in the first week, and uh, I think they get them again this week. Fort Wayne is legit, and uh, I know Holgate's 3-1, and and they're having a good season, but I think Fort Wayne ends up with a win. Yeah, I'm with you. Logan, Fort Wayne's one of those 8-man kind of mini powerhouses. In the they area, are. So taking, taking Fort Wayne. Went with uh, Fort Wayne here, but it, I wouldn't be surprised if Holgate put together some sort of game plan here to to strike back at him a little bit to prove that you know they're they're a contender. So I'm going with Fort Wayne, but again, wouldn't be surprised to see it the other way. Fort Wayne for me, and Bryce had Fort Wayne, and uh, I just looked back and Fort Wayne ended up beating Holgate in the first week of the eight man, uh, forty two to twenty. So 
a uh, couple score win there. So we'll see if Holgate can bounce back. I mean, we'd love to see Holgate win, but uh, again, I think Fort Wayne's going to be too tough. So let's look at the last game here. St. Mary's Central Catholic, 0-4 at Stryker, 3-1. and uh, I think Stryker, they're playing very well this year. They, they suffered their first loss uh, recently, and uh, I think they're going to win big against St. Mary's. So I'm going Stryker on this one. Yeah, last week Stryker lost to Toledo Christian, so I think they rebound as well, taking uh, Stryker. Striker. And striker for me. And Bryce had striker. So everyone picked striker in that game. Well, that concludes uh, our gate week six game predictions. So uh, closing thoughts from you guys going into this week. Oh, myself. Um, last week had a chance to listen to the uh, Frickers coaches show that Garrett and uh, – um, Dave, Dave Kleck have at Frickers every Wednesday night at 7. Uh, Garrett posted that online, so I listened back to that uh, Thursday. I tell you what, if anybody has a chance to listen to that again, just the, the Coach Beauty part, talking about him honoring his 97 team, so much joy in his voice for something that happened so long ago <laughs> to, to him it, it happened last week and just to hear him talk about them kids and just just the joy that still comes from him involving that whole run it, it was a really good listen so if anybody has a chance um it's, i think it's on uh, the bulls twitter uh garrett mansfield does a nice job of updating that throughout the week but uh on this week i believe um on the black swamp um Lynn's going to have uh, Coach Beauty and Tom Ward on. So, which I think he did that. They're doing theirs right now where we're doing ours. Yeah. So, it would be interesting to uh, check that out. But, yeah, just just to hear Coach Beauty talking about not really the games themselves, but, again, like all the stuff that happens around, like those moments that, that stick out in your head. It may not be a play in a game here or there, but just everything surrounding that journey to that championship and just to hear like i said the, the joy in his voice was just i mean to me it was just like i'm sitting there listening and i'm like i couldn't not get away from it it was just yeah it's this is a seven minute uh interview but to me i mean that, that was just it was fantastic so but that's that's all i had for this week i remember when they went to state that year you know i had just started i started a little bit at general motors for a couple of years and you know and there was four thousand people there and it yeah. was like a Talk about the community being involved and people were running around. Who let the dogs out? You know, and, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, it was going crazy. You know, it, it, just everybody at GM was talking about it, and uh, you know, they were all jacked up about the the Bulldogs and their playoff run, and you know, the, when they won the championship. So it was kind of cool. And like somebody had a picture of their T-shirt, uh, championship T-shirt, and to see all those names on the back of that t-shirt to give you a, just like an idea of how many kids were on that team there, there had to have been 70 or kind of like the wow. mac teams wow. like every like every number had a name like one through 99 <laughs> it, was, it was really good to just to see that wow. flashback it was, it was kind of mm. kind of awesome i think that's that's awesome and i had i had the privilege and honor of being on a tenor state championship baseball team but the way like even deep playoff runs to see the community surround the schools, that's just so awesome. Yeah. And it's yeah. like yeah. you could have Sally over here that's never watched a football game, but you get people grabbing her, bringing her to games. Oh, it's absolutely. just awesome. You yeah. see people that come out and support you that you may yeah. have never thought before. Yeah. And I think that's just amazing to see the communities mm -hmm. rally behind <laughs> their schools and uh, support them all yeah. the way. Yeah. So, And, and you know, I'm sure you can listen to Beauty, but I'll give it to you firsthand as being the coach this year, the, the Sonora softball team. And, we, yeah. you know, we went to the regionals. And, yep. um, you know, it was – 
it's really hard, you know, to keep the girls in check. And, and, and um, you know, you try to tell them nothing changes. Like, it's the same thing with the football. Nothing changes inside the white lines, right? right? It's still yep. 100 yards. It's still, you know. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, with, with the softball, you know, we – Every every step we made, it was like there was a little bit bigger crowd, and then yeah, we then we went right. to districts, and then we went to district you know, championship came, and it was a bigger crowd. Then we went to regionals, and it was a huge crowd. And yep. um, you know, trying to keep them kids crowd like, hey, focus, focus <laughs> was focus yeah. between the white lines, okay? Because nothing has changed here. I don't care what's going on around you, right? You know, and and football's even football's twice as big. I mean, four times as big as softball. Yeah. So don't get me wrong, but I mean, you know, you're talking about you go from having you know, several hundred people going to watch a football game to, to thousands of people going to watch football games. I mean, Tenora did it when you guys went, uh, Logan. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, Keith and we, we all went to the games and, you know, and the, you go to Tenora and you're watching a few games and you, you're the same people, same crowd, and then you make a play out, you know, you and then you go to the next game and next thing you know, you're playing at Wapakoneta and there's, you're like, you got to get there an hour early to be at the gate right. to make sure you get a good seat. And, um, but it's really cool and, and the community involvement. And, and I'm sure Coach BD was talking about that. But yep. it's, you know, from a coach's standpoint, um, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome to see the community. I mean, I remember looking out, kind of, I was kind of taken back a little bit myself when we went to regionals. I'm like, geez, we're just in the regional, regional semifinals, guys. I mean, it was like, but there was a huge crowd there. I mean, yeah. it was, um, there was, there was a bunch of people there that I, like you said, you, you don't normally see. Um, but it was neat. It's a it's a it's a good good thing to experience. Yep. I think another one more closing thought for myself is uh, I'm excited to see teams really start to solidify themselves and mm-hmm. conference play. I mean, there's a bunch of big games this week, and we talked about them. And uh, some of these games could really uh, shake up the conference. Yeah. I mean, there's still some conferences out there that are wide open. So yeah. I mean. If, if you're a football player, you go out there Friday and give it your all because uh, these are some big games now coming down the stretch. So Yeah, it's going to be an interesting finish uh, this next, you know, five weeks or four yeah. weeks. Four weeks? Four weeks? Five weeks. Five. Five weeks. This is be the fifth. Be five. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, like you said, Logan, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, getting down, it's go time now. It is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're done playing around. It's time to go. Yep. Uh, and, and the last, very last thing, I, I know I've been saying it a lot lately, but again, get out there and watch, watch some football games Friday, get out there, support your team, support your community and, uh, just get out there. And, uh, it, it's awesome to see a big crowd. It's enjoyable for everyone. Which we, Logan made the point during our game on Friday, like we heard the fire truck go behind <laughs> and like Logan turned around and he's like. He said something during our headset, and I turned around and looked, and like, hey, you see all those kids back there on the softball diamond just having the time of their life playing football. <laughs> there's, probably like, there's probably like 30, 40 you know, kids back was, there playing was, a pickup that, football game. That so. was great. That's yeah. one of those things that you, you don't really see Friday nights, but, yeah, take your kids out and just let them experience that because every Friday night until they get into high school, they're going to want to go to the football game. Yeah, <laughs> so Seriously. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, that concludes our week six NWO Sports podcast. Uh, another good podcast in the books, guys. And uh, we'd like to thank all of our sponsors Three Chord, Bat and Stevens Body Shop, Tenor Rams Live, Jimenez Basketball Academy, uh, Fairchild Family Chiropractic, NWO Basketball, and Crystal Vasquez of Amerimade Realty. Uh, we'd also like to give a special thanks to Jeff Bat for allowing us to use his amazing new facility at Bat and Stevens Body Shop for today's podcast. Uh, Stay tuned for the next NWO Sports Podcast in the near future. Thanks for watching, guys, and uh, continue to watch and share the podcast. Thanks.